It's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype, and the Skype username here is LRN.FM. You can connect to us there and sound almost like you're sitting in the studio with us. And the us in the studio includes me, Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Of course, you're invited to join us here on the phones or uh, Skype. And you can bring up anything, but we also bring stuff to the table to talk about. Uh, Johnson, you're going to be telling us about a disturbing story Actually, I might sh- you, you sent it to me, so I may end up uh, sharing it. But uh, we, I'm still the one sharing. Yeah, you you are sharing with us a uh, a disturbing story about your privacy or what might have been your privacy that is no longer apparently yes. uh, on the internet. Now we're not talking about the CIA. We're not talking about the NSA. We're just talking about a new change in what your internet service provider can do. Right. Uh, and you're going to give us that story here in moments. Also, your calls and thoughts are welcome. But we're going to start with uh, one of the big headlines uh, from the day, which is about the TSA screening a young boy. I'm not sure how old he is, but he doesn't look a day over, let's say, nine or ten. And uh, mom is upset. She, according to DallasNews.com, asked TSA agents at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport for alternative screening for her son with special needs Uh, saying that they were treated like dogs and forced to miss a flight during an extensive security check, according to her Facebook post that has since gone viral. The TSA said in a prepared statement that it followed approved procedures to resolve an alarm of the passenger's laptop. Jennifer Williamson wrote Sunday morning that her son has what's called sensory processing disorder. Now, that was a new one for me. I'd I'd Uh, never... Autism? Is that it's, the same? No, it's. Um, I mean, it's. It's not autism. It's just a sort of a blanket diagnosis for a variety of different mm-hmm. uh, sensory issues. But basically, it comes down to trouble processing senses. The WebMD article on SPD says it's a condition in which the brain has trouble receiving and responding to information that comes through the senses, formerly referred to as sensory integration dysfunction. It is not currently recognized as a distinct medical diagnosis. I still hear SPD and think Sarasota Police Department. <laughs> uh, I thought silent but deadly, but that's SBD. BD. Yeah. Uh, anyway, some people with sensory processing disorder are oversensitive to things in their environment. So common sounds may be painful or overwhelming. The light touch of a shirt may chafe the skin. Others with sensory processing disorder may be uncoordinated, bump into things, be unable to tell where their limbs are in space. It's and funny. I now know that that light touch of the shirt may chafe the skin. That's a uh, neurological condition called allodynia. Really? Yeah, I know because I've suffered You've got from that? It. Yeah. So maybe you've got Do you got take some... all the tags out of your shirts? Uh, no, it's it's actually under my abdo- it's my abdomen now. I've, I've probably got what's uh, called uh, thoracoabdominal uh, uh, neuropathy, I believe. I'm not really sure yet. I need to bring it up with my neurologist. So uh, if a TSA agent... So if a TSA agent touches you through your clothing, then that could be a, a problem? Uh, it would just be pain. I mean, it just... I, I have, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain? It gets worse at night. It's a condition that actually uh, increasingly gets worse as the day goes on or whatever mm. towards night. And uh, it, it just feels like a, a, basically like I've got a medium to mi- mild to medium sunburn on my just the Ooh. top of my... Um, Belly. And and also, I was having it actually before I went off the air for a while um, on the sort of like my shoulder and upper back area as mm. well. It's just it's just a strange feeling. 
So it's something to do with the nerves being raw or weird. And if you go into a TSA checkpoint and you tell them, yeah, I'm sensitive to touch, it's going to cause oh. me pain, uh, what are they going to be able to do differently? They're going to slap it and say, Red Star! Because <laughs> they just don't care. Right. Uh, in this case, Jennifer Williamson wrote that uh, she'd asked the agents to screen her son in other ways per their supposed rules. An accompanying video shows the TSA agent patting down her son. The agent pats down his backside before moving to the front. She writes in the post that they were kept for more than an hour in the horrifying incident. TSA disputed her account, noting in its statement that the passengers were at the checkpoint for about 45 minutes, including the time that it took to discuss screening procedures with the teen's mother and the inspection of three carry-on items. The pat-down took about two minutes according to the agency. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, 45 minutes is a long it's time, a long time at the uh, screening. But, uh, I mean, if that includes how st- – if the lady's including some of the time that she stood in line, then it sounds legit. Uh, well, it sounds like the, she may be also including the amount of time that they spent talking to her about this because she obviously made a stink about her son and, and his condition. And how much time that took you know, is not clear. I can tell you that I have been through a number of screenings in the TSA checkpoints because I am one of the opt-out people. Uh, there's actually only one. You almost one... always opt out. Huh? You almost always opt out. There's only been one time I haven't opted out, and that was on the way back from uh, Mexico when we were basically almost going to miss a plane. And I just did Didn't not have time. time. Yep. So I, that was my first time ever going through that little scanner thing where you have to put your hands up in the surrender kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. position. <laughs> I give up. Yeah. Uh, but I've never done it before before that time. Blast and you with cancer. I can tell you that what this young man went through, and again, I don't know how sensitive he is to touch or, or whatever. I can tell you it doesn't look like he's wincing or anything like that in, in the video. And I'm not excusing what the TSA is doing here. I'm just saying this is not an unusual screening okay mm-hmm. what well, i there's the full screening she recorded apparently on her tablet or smartphone or something like that which the only thing unusual about this is that somebody actually recorded successfully a screening how often that happens i don't know um you know normally when you go through a, and i guess if she was there for 45 minutes then she would have had to have uh, had enough time to go through herself retrieve her phone and be able to you know actually record this because most of the time you're going through a tsa checkpoint they've got everything so you don't have a phone or device with which you can record your interaction with these people because they've already, you know, that's already in one of those tr- gray trays that right. they've moved through the mm. line. And in the case of uh, one of these security screenings, you're not allowed to go and get something uh, from the gray tray. So she was able to uh, because apparently, she, you know, she was able to get get through the screening. So she recorded this. And what I'm seeing here on this video, and I've watched the full two-minute uh, pat-down, is a pretty standard, you know what? The, I don't know what they call it, uh, extended screening or super secret search or whatever it is that they refer to this as. But I've been through this countless times. Touchy, touchy, fun time. Yeah, I, yeah, the free, free massage. You know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, like I said, I'm not excusing what the TSA does here. Worst I think that massage ever. It's yeah, yeah that's not a very good one. Uh, but uh, what she's experiencing is common. That's what I'm pointing out here. Is yeah. that this, if you're horrified by this, then you need to know that they didn't treat this boy any differently than they do anyone else who's having these screenings. So this happens every single day, multiple times per day to various people. And if you didn't know about it, 
it's because, well, you're, you were blissfully unaware. You went through the little scanner thing and you put your hands up and you went and you got your stuff. And if somebody else was being patted down, they weren't in your family. So you probably didn't pay close attention to what was going on. Now, here we are. What is it? Uh, 15, 16 years uh, since 9-11, since the extreme security procedures have been put in place in, in airports. This stuff's been going on for more and than a decade. TSC, TSA has not yet caught a terrorist that's Not true once and they barely caught their own red team that has uh, snuck bomb making materials and guns yeah, through their own checkpoints most i haven't seen so. one report of them catching them 50 percent of the time it's, yeah, it's more, more like 10 percent of the time yeah 20 on a good day yeah, that they catch a, the red team right that they, they catch, catch the, the red team yeah, when they test yeah. themselves that they're catching it's nine out of ten times now i get and those numbers are always leaked out they never come out officially right, it's right. always somebody who you know shoves them out the back door I uh, got shook down. Um, I got some kind of enhanced screening or whatever on the way to Acapulco for whatever reason. And the guy, I guess they have new ITSA. Yeah, the, the TSA. Then they have new sort of touching procedures. And he wanted to. He had some kind of litany of things he had to say to me before he started. And I'm like, can you just start patting and then tell me where you're going to touch as you do it? Because like, mm-hmm. like I'm just like, go ahead, do whatever you got to do. I want to get out of here. Right. You know, let's go, <laughs> go, go. You know, and it's, skip it's, the speech. I've yeah. heard it before. Back of the hand, right. front of the hand. <laughs> Do you have any medical band? conditions? Yeah, all those things. Toll free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I'll put the link up to the story so you can you know, see it for yourself. Maybe you've never seen someone be screened at the <laughs> airport before. This is what it's like. And yeah, they do rustle your jimmies if you got them in this. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free and join us here if you'd like. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Or Skype on in here at username lrn.fm. We're talking about the TSA, who recently there was a story that I had for show prep within the last month or two uh, that was about that they were implementing even more, I guess, invasive security screening pat down procedures uh, and i would say that it seemed about the same to me when when i went through it at my most recent visit which was about a month ago the in mexico um, i felt the uh, physical pat down which i got um through because i needed some kind of enhanced screening or whatever um the last go around i felt like that was more uh thorough than it had been in the really? past so um and i you- felt like they jostled me a little bit more in the uh the testes but that was okay. about it well there you go uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. But what is bringing this to the forefront again is a mother who had the awareness, and kudos to her for this, for actually pulling out her phone and recording video of her son being screened, what she described as a horrifying uh, screening. Jennifer Williamson at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. We'll continue with that story coming up here in moments. Also, I do want to let you know, that Bitcoin.com recently reported Bitcoin transaction fees have increased by more than 1,200% since 2015. That's not good news. To many Bitcoin proponents, the current fee market is moving way too fast, making Bitcoin unusable for certain transactions. The fee market and slow confirmation times have also increased the tension concerning the block size debate. However, if there are wallets with low amounts of Bitcoin that can't cover the fees, they become virtually unspendable. You can learn more at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. 
And I, I have to apologize to the folks who were expecting an after show. By, what was it, Sunday night? Yeah, it was Sunday night. Whoops. Uh, I forgot to include the after show in the show that we promised to have it. So I've made a note. Tonight, I will hopefully not forget to include the after show. Uh, Can you go I'm back to the, the old episode and no. then sort of tell people where it is? No. No? No. Okay. It's over. It's just going to be in tonight's show. So okay. just wanted to issue an apology to everybody that was listening to Sunday night's show, expecting to hear an after show, talking all about Bitcoin, and then it didn't appear. So hopefully that'll be in tonight's uh, episode unless I really bonus, screw bonus things for up. for me. It means more people will be hearing me. Exactly. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, Bitcoin.com. Go check that out and go to news.bitcoin.com for the latest Bitcoin news from around the globe. All right. So back to the story here. Mom, in this case, Jennifer Williamson. Uh, was, she claimed, stuck at a TSA checkpoint with her son who has some kind of disorder uh, known as sensory processing disorder. Now, she doesn't specify exactly what that means for him. Mark, you uh, in the WebMD article here say it's kind of a large category that involves a somewhat of a disconnect between your senses and your brain. And it, but it can mean different things, everything from uh, the touch of a shirt that might chafe one's skin to sounds being painful to uh, uncoordination, uh, bumping into things, being unable to tell where your limbs are in space and so on. Anyway, so they're at this checkpoint. She says it was more than an hour. TSA says it was 45 minutes. And for people that are being held at a checkpoint, 45 minutes is an excruciatingly long period of time. And it's especially frustrating is you know if you're expecting to get on a flight. And she said that they actually ended up missing their flight as a result of this. So that's really annoying when you know you know you haven't done anything wrong. You're just trying to get somewhere with your family and there these officious bureaucrats are ordering you around, you know, feeling up your son and I get it. Like it's an upsetting thing. And the thing that I I thought was most relevant to share here is that this horrifying incident that she involved herself with uh, here is very common. Now, I wouldn't say 45 minutes is common as far as the length is concerned, but the actual pat down itself. It'll get longer if you complain about it, though. Right, which is what happened because she was making a big deal about it. And that's why she ultimately did bring up her phone and recorded it. By the way, her post has had more than 26,000 shares as of Monday After traction, huh? Uh, she says, uh, "Let me." Uh, yeah, okay, so she says, "Let me make something else crystal clear." She wrote, "He set off no alarms. He physically did not alarm at all during screening. He passed through the detector just fine. He's still several hours later saying, I don't know what I did. What did I do? I'm livid,' she says. "'I wish I had taped the entire interchange because it was horrifying. "'We had two Dallas-Fort Worth police officers that were called "'and flanking him on each side. "'Somehow, these power-tripping TSA agents "'who are traumatizing children "'and doing whatever they feel like without any cause "'need to be reined in.'" Now, of course, I completely agree. I think that would be wonderful if we would see more airports, as, as a couple have done, flip back to private security. They don't have to use the TSA. Yes, but they have. They do have to follow the TSA's guidelines. That's true. That's true. But uh, they can still use a different agency. They can use private security. And I guarantee you that a private security group would probably be a little bit nicer. Just because they could get fired. And they, there is that possibility out there. So they would likely behave a little bit more professionally. Uh, a little bit less, perhaps, intimidating 
towards towards customers. They're going to be less like bureaucrats. All right. So the TSA said the two police officers were called to mitigate the mother's concerns. Uh, quote, the video. Stand there menacingly. Yeah. Agents, the agency's statement says, quote, the video shows a male TSA officer explaining the procedure to the passenger who fully cooperates. Afterward, the TSA officer was instructed by his supervisor who was observing to complete the final step of the screening process. Uh, the TSA made an error in their earlier statement. They apparently say that it was actually a 35-minute visit to the TSA checkpoint instead of 45 minutes, uh, that the agency had said 45, but now they're correcting that to 35. So regardless, it's still a long time. I mean, normally when I do the opt-out thing, it can be a little bit... Uh, it can be frustrating because they kind of make you sweat it out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's their intention. Yeah. Things, so, things turn blue on you? No, not like that. No, no, <laughs> it's not I, frustrating like that? No, what I, what I mean is... I mean, they do kind of leave you. I mean, they leave, leave you hanging. hanging there, you know. I mean. what, I, what I mean is when you tell them you're, you're opting out, they have you go and stand over, you know, nearby, and then they call, opt out, you know, or mail opt out or whatever. What if you go up and, to them and be like, I'd like to opt in to an extra screening? <laughs> <laughs> Give them a wink, a wink and a nudge. <laughs> Yeah, they'd uh, probably be pretty annoyed with you. So they they make you go and stand over. Like, I'd like to opt into an extra screening, and I hope you make it extra long. They make an example out of you. Is what they they do. They they you know call out. They mm-hmm. they try to draw some attention to the fact that you're you're an opt out, and then they <laughs> they share. They shout opt out, and you go. Actually, I'm opting in to the extra screening. <laughs> Just shout back. I've never thought about them. that. Actually, that'd actually be kind of fun. So be like actually, actually, oh, you're <laughs> handsome. Uh, so anyway, they make you go stand for a while yeah. uh, until one of the free bureaucrats, the TSA, is able to come over, and then they lead you through the checkpoint, and then they come over and they, you know, you have to stand on these two shoes or not shoes, but like shoe prints, shoe icons or whatever on the on the ground, and spread them, and you know, put your arms out. But while you're standing there waiting for them to come get you, it can take several minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I've just stood there for a while, and you know, you're making eye contact with them, letting you know they're letting them know you're still there waiting. But all that time, all of your stuff has gone through the screening area. And you really can't see it generally from from where you're standing. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, my wallet's in there. You know, mm. like right. everything that I have that's important to me right. is now on the other side of this checkpoint. More coming up. It's free talk lot. Bitcoin.com is the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. Buying Bitcoin, do it here. Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Our forum is always open and censorship free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. That's why this site is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. It is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Coming up, Johnson's got a story to share with us about your internet service provider. Apparently, the rules about privacy are about to be overturned in a pretty scary way. And we'll tell you more about that coming up here. Of course, you can join us 
You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want. We have been talking about the TSA and their security procedures, which some people find to be absolutely shocking. And I don't blame you. Thing is, it's not new. They've been doing this stuff for more than a decade. And this mom in Dallas-Fort Worth just happened to have it happen to her son. And so now she's rightfully outraged about it. But I just want to let people know what happened to her son isn't any different than what happens to anybody else who gets this super secret secondary screening thing that they do to people every single day. It's just that the odds are that it'll happen to you are pretty slim, you know, given the high number of people that are walking through these security checkpoints on a daily basis. I don't know if it's one out of 100 or one out of 500 or however often they do it, but it's, you know, somehow I got probably not going to hit you. Odds are, unless you're somebody who's being looked at closely by the feds or you set some alarm off or you opt out, for instance, of the the scanner device. Toll free number if you want to join us here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Have you ever wanted to start your own blog or website but haven't yet really taken the time to do it? Well, maybe 50% off of web hosting will help motivate you. Good things do come to those who wait. 50, 50 percent off. It can be yours. All you have to do is go to hostgator.com slash FTL. That's slash FTL, like Free Talk Live, for a special offer for you as a Free Talk Live listener. And they make it as easy as possible to get started with a simple one-click installation for WordPress. They've got 24-7 over the phone or live chat tech support and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and simplicity of use into your hands, plus a 99.99% uptime rating as rated by Web Hosting Stuff, which is an independent uh, ratings company that looks at all the big web hosts and how often they're online. Yeah, they've won some awards recently. and um, They sure but, did. And there's a lot of good web hosting out there, but there's not a lot of 50% discounts on it. Nope. Uh, so go to hostgator.com slash FTL as we go to John calling us from Mexico you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Hey, just a couple points. Last fall, I went to the United States from mm-hmm. Mexico. I th- flew in through Dallas, and then I had my connection into Des Moines. And when I was coming back out of Des Moines, I remembered that years ago, a guy in Portland stripped down nude. That's he right. Didn't wanna, yeah, and he didn't want to get searched. So I wore a T-shirt. I wore sweatpants I could easily pull down. I had, I had underwear on. <laughs> and I wore flip-flops. And they, I said, okay, I don't want to go through the radiation machine, and I have to educate them what, what radiation is. And I got kind of lucky because I noticed a young man, a TSA guy, knew he had a Serbian last name. And I know Serbian Croatian a little bit, so I started talking to him, saying, hello, good day, how are you, my friend, this, that, all in Serbian, Serbian Croatian. And so he was, of course, much friendlier, jovial, mm-hmm. you know, everything really easy, let's do this. And then I said, oh, you don't have to pat me down here. I'll just pull my sweatpants down. (laughs) And this guy who I swear to God weighed at least 400 pounds, he was just huge, just massive, super fat guy, ran over and said, what are you doing? You can't do that. I said, I'm trying to help you. I'm showing you. I'm I'm trying to reduce the pat I got nothing to hide. Yes. And and (laughs) I said, well, remember, this was done in Portland. And And that guy was successful, if I recall correctly. he He got arrested. He, of course, the charge got dropped and right. he brought the lawsuit because he said free speech. And I said, the, the, you know, the courts said it was the Ninth Circuit, but they said it's perfectly legal free speech. He said, well, you'll get arrested here if you do that. Mm. And I said, for helping you on the search? Look, I have, I have nothing. 
So, you know, short, and you're saying this, just to be clear, short. you're saying all of this with your sweatpants around your ankles or where, where were your pants at this yeah, time? Well, I, yeah, I, I tried to pull them down about my knees uh-huh. and then the guys like get mad, put them, pull them back up and I, you know, <laughs> pull, pull my t-shirt up and put it back down. And I was like, look, there's nothing, I have nothing here. Uh, and it was an early morning flight, you know, but the, uh, I guess my, my couple advice or lessons for people are, you know, just try to be as jovial and nice as possible. This kid didn't know about the radiation. He had no clue. And he said, no, no, they told us it's not radiation. I said, so what? <laughs> you know, it is radiation. You, you, you will be injured. There, I think there's actually a lawsuit by some ex-TSA workers hmm. over the, the excessive radiation. So uh, I always do that. It's an opportunity to educate people. And then, um, you know, obviously wear minimal clothing, but I would always encourage, and now I've seen plenty of people go through with kids and I've traveled with my, my children and almost every time they just say, you go through the side, no problem. Don't worry. You know, just the, the uh, metal detector. Yeah, I've seen that. But if I, if I had a child 10 years or younger and I, and I look at the story, I see this kid in Dallas. I, if I were the mother, I would have told that kid, if they touch you, scream rape just scream it as loud as possible just scream rape scream just keep saying that word over and over again they'll leave you alone they'll figure out a way to have you just move on they they Maybe. don't want to deal with that you know you know you got to come early on the one hand but there's there's it would make for some interesting wait. video <laughs> you that, shame, that much it would you got to shame these people into cuz the guy i dealt with a young american guy who has serbian he knew, yeah, just tap, simple pat down, pat, 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 10 seconds, front and back, done. He knew that, and it was cool because he was nice to me because I was talking with him and joking with him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the huge 400-pound guy wanted to do this extra delay thing, but that's what I've, I've just seen over and over. I just tell people, you know, no, I don't want the radiation, and hey, I understand what's going on. Just go ahead and pat Now, do down. you think they treat you any differently because you're coming up from Mexico? Well, in this instance, I was in Iowa going out, so they didn't know where the heck I'm going. Um, I, you How know, would they not I, know I, where you're going? Isn't it on your ticket? Yeah, well, you know, it's just said to Dallas, my connection, and then my Dallas flight to go to Mexico. So they, they didn't know I was going back to Mexico. I, I don't know. I, they look at me, and I'm, I'm kind of brown, but mm. not brown enough. to they, they don't think I'm black. They don't think I'm Mexican. They don't know what I am. But, you know, it, it's, it's just weird. But now, like are you I from say, Mexico originally? Nope, nope. I'm from Los Angeles, and I spent time in Iowa, hence I go back there. But it's, So why uh, are you living in Mexico, if you don't mind? Just curious. Oh, again, as I said last time, when I called you guys for the freedom, nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I teach school down here, I teach math, I teach in English, but the main thing is I don't get screamed at by cops. I, we were talking with our friends. You can jaywalk anywhere in Mexico, anywhere. You jaywalk in plenty of cities in the United States, and you know you're going to get taken down by the cops. Right, and you're you're jogging. That young girl just jogging in Austin, and a police officer yells, "Hey, she has headphones on." They they take her down, tackle her. Jeez. Why? Because I'm I'm jogging. You, you know, we've seen all police abuse, and I'm sorry. You know, for all the horror stories, I don't see police abuse in Mexican cities. So Maybe you don't see it. So you don't see it. I mean, I I it's got to happen, right? I mean, it has to. But I, it, I think it, that well, um, foreigner is because you're from the U.S. They leave you alone. No, no, no it's it driving when. When there are – with people I've worked with who are American, who are obviously white, when they're driving, they said they get harassed by cops. Now, some of them just say point blank to the cop, I'm not paying you a, a, any money at all. I'm not paying you a bribe, and then they let them go. But others, they'll shake them down because the people are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. But that's the highway robbery thing. Just in the city, 
daily cop, you know, Mexico City, guys with machine guns. I say, hi, how are you doing? Nice to see you. You're talking about the military guys, the guys in the uh, fatigues? Well, uh, sometimes, but a lot of the police have, have, it looks like some kind of machine gun or automatic weapon to me. I don't, I don't know guns, but they're, they're not looking to shoot at people because they don't think people are predators. Mm. In the United States, police are trained that everyone's out to get you, watch your back, <laughs> jump all over them. Sorry, that was a wind. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And in, that, in that was a gunshot. <laughs> I looked at Ian, I'm like, did you push audio? <laughs> no. no, but in the United States, to me, relative to the police in the Mexico, it's just night and day. Interesting. I, because yeah, at a glance, and that's what I'd heard too. I'd heard that the uh, the federal police down there that are dressed in camouflage uh, frequently and carrying automatic weapons are actually pretty easygoing. You know, it'd be interesting yeah. uh, TSA theater, by the way, to stand near one of those uh, backscatter machines or whatever with a Geiger counter. <laughs> <laughs> How many well, Rankins? Thank you guys. Thanks hey, a lot. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you... And take control of the airwaves here. Your internet privacy in trouble. Yeah! It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in, toll free, and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can Skype in at Skype username lrn.fm. Uh, We're going to talk about your privacy or what little will remain of it here after the government gets done, apparently, with this new uh, Internet service provider policy that Johnson is going to be sharing with us. You can also join us here and share whatever you want. The phone lines are always open here on Free Talk Live. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. Skype username is lrn.fm. And I do want to let you know that if you support Free Talk Live, if you love what we're doing here on this show, seven nights a week, talking about liberty and peace and freedom, then you should get behind Free Talk Live with the AMP program. You go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up there. You can use Bitcoin. You can use credit cards, PayPal. You get signed up for the equivalent of five bucks a month. And uh, then you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, the AMP-only Facebook group, uh, which the Facebook group is great because you get to connect with other Free Talk Live listeners and supporters, other Free Talk Live hosts as well. It's a pretty active group. It's like one of the only real reasons why I continue using Facebook, basically, at this point, because I despise Facebook. But the AMP forum is, you know, I've I've thought about shutting my Facebook account off and I'm like, no, I've got to be there for the AMP forum. (laughs) So so it's great. Go check it out. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. As uh, we go to the story here, Slashdot.org has the story. Well, yep, they've got a summary here. The uh, United States House of Representatives has just approved a congressional disapproval vote of privacy rules, which gives... They've approved a disapproval vote. Yes. Okay. Which gives your ISP the right, now, to sell your internet history to the highest bidder. The Hmm. measure passed by 232 votes to 184 along party lines... With surprise, one, surprise. Yeah, with one Democrat voting in favor and 14 not voting. This follows the same vote in the Senate last week. Just prior to the vote, the, a White House spokesman said that the president supported the bill, meaning that the decision will soon become law. This approval means that whoever you pay... The president supports a bill that's going to give uh, sweeping uh, powers to uh, a corporation that uh, doesn't even have to inform you. What a surprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. This approval means that whoever you pay to pr- provide you with Internet access, Comcast, AT&T, uh, Spectrum, 
etc., will be able to sell everything they know about your use of the internet to third parties without requiring your approval and without even informing you. Wow. That information can be used to build a very detailed picture of who you are, what your political and sexual leanings are, whether you have kids, when you are at home, whether you have any medical conditions, and so on. Well, a thousand different data points. I mean, we know this. Uh, Google, for years, has right. been collecting your data as you conduct all of your searches. They've been logging that. They use that information, of course, to sell uh, advertisements to people, to companies. So a company wants to buy an ad uh, that only targets people searching for a specific you know, sexual orientation or something like that. They can do that level of targeting uh, with Google. Now, whether Google has been selling that data, I don't know. Right. Um, but, you know, this isn't really, I guess what's, it's not new that companies collect your information on the internet, but it is new that they apparently will now be able to do it without even informing you about it. Is, is yeah, pretty much. And, and it, you know, who knows whether, not, I mean, a lot of this information can be reverse uh, sort of engineered to make it identifiable and it's just bad. I mean, well, but what's also interesting about this though, is that this information, right? All these data points, um, basically not only can they sell it without your knowledge, but with over a hundred million households online in the United States, it means that Congress has just given big cable an annual payday of between 35 and $70 billion. Well, they have, and they haven't. Okay. So if what, what you have to presume is that everything's going to stay the same and that's not how business works. What's going to happen here is, is that one of the cable companies is going to break ranks uh, from the others and say, well, I mean, it looks like we can uh, charge a little less for our, for cable for uh, internet, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, then the price, then they're going to get the customers, right? So, I mean, sure. if you find out a, a way to get the the same service and the the same megabytes down and all that stuff, and you're saving ten bucks a month, you're going to go to that new <laughs> provider, <laughs> That's right? It's funny that you think that there's competition in cable internet. Yeah, well, there's really only but there a couple, is, uh, right? There's a couple, and that's all you really need. But there's not a couple in the same geographic location. Not there's cable. no competition. It's not just cable, though. I mean, it's the telephone companies too, and all those not other things. Not really. Do you? Well, well there's, yes, there's basically a handful, no more than a handful here. There's uh, two major players in Keene, New Hampshire. There's the cable company, which just got bought, Time, Time Warner Cable, now owned by Spectrum. Right. Uh, and then there's also Fairpoint, which is the DSL and what's provider. what's the speed difference between those two? Pretty dramatic. Let's say like 10, 20, 30-fold difference in there's, speed. Uh, there's also the uh, fiber. So there's some fiber options as well. But which very has few a price people difference of astronomical. You'd be surprised uh, if you if the fiber happens to run by your house. It's basically yeah. a government subsidized uh, fiber to some extent, so the monthly fee is actually pretty reasonable for it. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of an unusual thing for somebody to even right. consider that right. as an option. So yeah, pretty much you've got two competitors and then one outlier that hardly anybody knows about. Either. Right. I don't know. I mean, I see where Mark's coming from in that a company could do that, or the companies could just both be. You know, if it's two companies in one area, then they could both be like, well. Now we both get to sell this information, yeah. and it's say valuable. Five, the five G wireless technology that's you know coming with the cell phone providers can't come fast enough. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I didn't even include the cell phone providers. So yeah, technically you'd have to include cell phone yeah. providers in the list but of there, internet again, competitors. Speed differences. I mean, until that five G comes out, you, you just there's not there's no competition. Four G is competitive uh, competitive with DSL. Kind of, yeah, with DSL, yeah. but not with cable. cable. Cable doesn't really have a competition. That's true. Um. But, you know, you talk about business. I, I have to mention that I, you know, am now working with another one of the uh, hosts of this show. Think Penguin. Uh, with ThinkPenguin. And uh, he happens to sell a uh, uh, 
a VPN router. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you and know, that's one of the solutions that. here. That's, yeah. you know, VPN. VPN. Putting yeah. your information on a VPN encrypts all the data. Your internet service provider is basically then a glorified pass-through point for your uh, for your internet, and they won't be able to record anything. Right. So how does a, v- uh, a VPN router work? Uh, basically, your entire, every bit of your traffic goes through so think about it like this, Mark. You're familiar with ProXPN, one of our uh, sponsors mm-hmm. in the past. Yep. They have a piece of software that you install on your computer mm-hmm. that protects your computer, but it wouldn't protect, let's say, your voice over IP phone right. or anything else that's plugged into your router. Right. This essentially would be running the equivalent of that software on the router itself. So, so everything that would go through the router would be over a VPN. Does right. it go to, do you get to pick your destination on it? As far as your service provider? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I think you can work with Think Penguin to do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so it's not just some, one option. Right. No, there are multiple different servers. And what does a VPN router cost? Is it more expensive or is it pretty much just a different set of I firmware? For, I should probably know this off the top of my head, but I don't know the price. That's all right. Can, you know, ThinkPenguin.com. ThinkPenguin.com. There yeah. you go. Uh, so that's one solution. And there are some it's other probably ones. Probably a good thing that I don't know the price. Go look. <laughs> so that, that's one of the ideas. And there's some other ones that this story, which is more detailed from the register about uh, you shared from Slashdot, kind of a summarized version of uh, what they've got over at the register. But I just wanted to point this out that uh, people are in a tizzy about this. And I understand, you know, people... A lot of people blaming, yeah, it's all the... I mean, it was a vote along party lines, but they're freaking out about the Republicans. And it's like, okay... What did Hillary want to do with the internet? I mean, there's so many bad things on both sides of that point. I mean, the government's going to, they're going to do what they're going to do. And what I wanted to point out, though, was that if you look at your privacy in the Mm -hmm. past, like before the internet, there were companies who were selling your information. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's not new. It's just... Maybe people didn't realize it. Yeah. And now we the have the ability. The collection is a lot deeper, though. I mean, no doubt. This is way you know, more deep than just your name and address right. and phone number. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But this whole idea of you think you have privacy, surprise you don't, uh, that's nothing new. Like, yeah. you know, if you, uh, for instance, if you, in some states, if you get a driver's license, frequently they will send your or sell your information to companies. Uh, if you end up getting arrested, there's uh, lawyers who will yeah. buy your information about your arrest record and start sending you a- advertisements. Oh, we heard yeah. you got arrested recently. Here's our number. Give us a call. Um, there are companies who make it their business to collect information about people. That's why when you go to a site like Zaba Search, for instance, or one of these other searches, Zaba Search is good because it's a free one. I'm just, just glad this isn't, you know, 1940s era Nazi Germany because, I mean, if you were a Jewish, you'd be screwed. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, they could it totally would just not, that. you know. Couldn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so, happen I mean, it just, here. It would be just, you know, there's... It'd be over immediately. Like, oh, yeah, yeah here's where all the Jews are. Here's where they live. Here, they, we've got them mapped out. Well, maybe, the the government, round them up. maybe the government will begin using this information to find them illegals. Yeah. So uh, I want to get more into this story here in a, in a few moments. We've got more details from the register. But I just want to let people know, this isn't anything new. It's just, like you said, deeper now. They can store more of your information. They can learn a whole lot more about you. But companies taking your private information for their own private sales, you don't get a cut when these companies send you uh, send your information around, when they sell databases full mm-hmm. of uh, names and addresses. I think it'll drive people... down the price of internet connectivity. Well, actually, there's... Have you read this story, Mark? Because there's information about that coming up. We'll share that with you here in moments. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. You can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. 
Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and join us right here. We're talking about your privacy or what little remains of it. Because you really can't count on the government to protect your privacy for you. And that's ultimately what we're discussing here is the government's changing the rules. Uh, The House just voted for this thing after the Senate already voted for it. So it's pretty much in the bag. Apparently they expect Donald Trump to go ahead and sign this. Uh, It's a bill that would essentially, as I understood what you just shared with us, Johnson, would allow Internet service providers to not only collect your information, but sell your information about, let's say, the Internet searches you're doing or the websites you're visiting, any kind of data that they can collect, which would be basically all of it. If you're not using a VPN, for instance, if you're just you know, a regular Internet user, they're just gobbling all that information up and now they can legally sell it without telling you about that. And I think people, some people are upset about this and you know it seems that they're rightfully upset about it i uh, i hope that you're right mark that we'll see some internet service providers saying we would never do that here's our policy that you know says that we'll not sell your information that's kind of what you were predicting well would happen. um I, I would think that if there's a niche generally the market will fill it right that's true um, and if, if there's open free market competition but you're talking about a limited competition business where it's limited by the government to a very few choices in any given marketplace. So what I expect it, what I would expect to have happen um, is that uh, this will drive the price of internet connectivity down. Because even if you only have two or three internet service providers in a given marketplace, one of them has to break break ranks and then offer a lower rate, which they can now that they're selling your information. They're going to get, like the, the prediction was, hundreds of billions of dollars per year mm-hmm. uh, from selling this. So there's a there's a, a new um, you know channel for revenue for them. And that means that they're, one of, that means that they can afford to cut your rate in well, half in all likelihood. And if not um, zero, well, then that means, find? hold on, okay. that means that somebody can then set up basically a VPN service in town and sell the internet at the old rate, and some customers will probably want it. Okay, except what has happened up until now has been kind of the opposite of what you're saying, in that you can pay more to some internet service providers to avoid having your information sold. So the price has gone down but it had been an opt-in thing, and they'll, they'll get into it here in the, the Register article, which is more detailed about this, that uh, AT&T apparently was, was doing this, where you could give up some of your privacy in return for a discount. And so now, the more expensive accounts were the ones that still retained some semblance of privacy. Isn't, wouldn't that be the way it would be? 
Well, that seemed to be opposite from from what you well, were saying. Okay. You were suggesting that People somebody was going to break a cartel and that lower their lower their price and offer privacy. Well, right? basically, which every, could happen. Everybody, um, well, like, the marketplace is going to offer different options. The lowest price option is going to have you wide open to everybody, and the highest price option is going to have uh, to be essentially a, a, an expensive VPN service where you have to trust somebody. Um, those are ba- that's a bad choice. You should just get a, a VPN router and enjoy the lower prices. Let's go to David. He's in San Francisco. We can dig further into the story here in moments. Uh, David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, no, I know. Um, I've mentioned before, I believe Trump is organized crime and that every action he does feeds organized crime another income stream. So if you think about this, that if organized crime were to uh, want to blackmail people, and blackmail people on the largest possible scale, what would what sort of data would they need? Well, if it turns out that your TV set can be used as a method of wiretapping your room... I'm going to collect uh, data from your TV, see? <laughs> which they were doing during the Obama and Bush administrations, just to point out that they're all organized crime. Go ahead. My name is Samsung, oh, yeah. see? Well, and as a matter of fact, I'm... I'm old enough to remember uh, but right after the tube TVs of the 1950s, they started coming up with the, um, oh, God, what's color? the name of it? It, it, it? No, not just color, but it was the, um, instead of having tubes, they had the, um, it was like circuit boards. And okay. uh, the a friend of mine who was, a, his father was an engineer. They had cathode ray tubes for a long time. I mean, they didn't really go out of style until like a decade ago. There were the well, there was the, one, the, the rear projection uh, TVs. Those were run on uh, cathode ray no, tubes. They, but there, there was like a circuit board uh, on the uh, on the base of it. You still had the big old cathode ray okay. uh, screen. Yep. But I'm talking about the, uh, uh, oh, God. I'm, You're I'm, saying there was I'm tubes in the, uh, the rest tongue. of the electronics. Okay. Right, yeah, gotcha. you could use the microphone as a, or excuse me, you could use the speaker as a microphone. Sure, that's true. It's a crappy microphone, but yeah, yes. Yeah, it was for the most part, but as, um, oh, solid state, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. Solid state was the, uh, before they had uh, circuit boards. So you could, a, circuit, a solid state TV of the 1960s could be, uh, if you hooked it up to cable, you could, you could tap the room. You could. Uh, it would be a basically crappy uh, microphone, but it would work. And uh, and as solid state got better uh, over the just course of five or ten years, uh, and people started getting more and more cable. You know, this is all the way back to Johnson and Nixon days. So uh, they could do it uh, technically all the way back and. You know, so so technologically, this the ability to do this has been there, and when people hook into cable, they're automatically hooking into this opportunity. But what I'm more interested in is the the cashing out of America, because if what is you that? Look the at, cashing out? What do you mean? Well, just like in a casino, you know, you're finished with your round of poker, you're finished with your round of whatever you're doing, and you cash out. You collect your winnings and you go. Well, in the case of uh, somebody like Trump and these other traders, they are selling everything about America. And if we no longer have factories and jobs uh, uh, as a a prime uh, source of income and we're just a service economy, what's of value to us 
is our personal, our privacy and our personal assets and our personal knowledge and whatnot. And so they can sell that and or blackmail you. So when you start looking at the income stream that can come from blackmail, and you don't look at the CIA or the FBI as some honest group, but you look at them as organized crime, then you start to look at this whole thing as whether or not they're uh, they're selling our uh, our. They're selling the soul of America, so to speak. Well, we've and been looking they, at they, the FBI and the CIA and all these other government uh, organizations as organized crime since day number one here on uh, Free Talk Live. So, I mean, that's that's nothing new to us. But I'm glad that you know you're starting to uh, to come on board with with well, that idea. Starting to it. I mean, all you have to do is read the biographies of J. Edgar Hoover. He was back in the there 1950s. You go. All right, I'm sorry. Then I take it back, David. It make you've made it sound like all of a sudden the government has become organized organized crime because of Donald Trump. And, you know, so it sounds like you agree with us then that they've always been organized crime and Donald Trump is just the latest Don who is uh, in charge of them. Well, it, I, again, I've mentioned but that one of my great-great-great-grandfathers signed the Declaration of Independence. I take a great offense at the idea that my government has been stolen by organized crime. And I take Isn't there a possibility the that your great-great-great-grandfather was also a criminal? I don't know. I don't. I you would, didn't know I him. Don't say that. You didn't I know don't him, right? Say that. Well, I never met him personally. Lots of the mafia. Donald Trump Hart is worse was though because be he's from honest, the private sector. Well, um, John Hart of New Jersey was known to be a very honest guy. I, I think what Ian's trying to say is is that government, since uh, since it was created somewhere between four and nine thousand years ago, is essentially an organization that claims a monopoly privilege in the use of violence at a given geographic area, and that people can take that for good reasons, but it is very, 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 very easy for it to become corrupt. And generally, when we w- look back in history, you can generally find corruption. Like for instance, George Washington is considered to be an extraordinary extraordinarily honest man but then he led a revolution then put down a revolution right like he led the um, the revolutionary war and then put down the whiskey revolution it's a little hypocritical thank you david for your call tonight i appreciate it toll free number here 855 450 free we got more see we've got your data see domo regato see (laughs) more coming up on this uh new rule that is likely going to sail right through the white house and allow internet service providers to sell your private information, or at least what you thought was your private information, to the highest bidder. More coming up, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Bring up what you want. Our number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Privacy? Yeah. It kind of doesn't really exist very much anymore unless you take a few steps to ensure your privacy. You can still do it. It's just harder now than it's ever been. And uh, we can continue the discussion. You're welcome to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. And also, you can get your shopping done over at shop.freetalklive.com. There's uh, Amazon US, UK, Canada. You click into the right Amazon for you, Free Talk Live will get a cut of the purchase when you do that. So you get the stuff that you were going to buy anyway. You pay the same prices you were likely going to pay anyway through Amazon. 
and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale. Otherwise, if you don't go to shop.freetalklive.com and you shop through Amazon anyway, then they just get to keep it all. So if you and want if you want us to benefit, then please go to shop.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we'll go to your calls and thoughts. More about this, uh, what some uh, some people would say are probably a shocking story. Well, I have to say, it's not really a surprise from the register about the internet service providers possibly selling your what you thought was private data about your searches, the websites you visit, the things you're interested in to the highest bidder. Let's go to Charlie. He's in Arizona listening to K Talks. Go ahead, Charlie. Charlie, in this is kind of a tempest in a teacup to me. I mean, they've been selling it forever. And we know that because you uh, if you search and you all of a sudden get ads based on your searches, it uh, doesn't take much of a, a stretch to know what they're doing. As far as privacy, we already have private uh, searches. Uh, start page. You sure. Full Google results. But, if you but guess what? You're not protected history. from if your ISP sells your information. Right. Start page and Google, it's the like thing, there's totally if different. You look at your, your search history, though, all it shows is you have gone to start page. Yeah. And start page does not save anything. Yeah. Guess what your ISP is saving? All your information. The only, the, well, the going only to start page they, does not protect you one iota if, you're in, if your ISP is able to sell all your information. Well, now, wait a minute. Start page, I, uh, they're not a sponsor or anything like that, but right. I did just they go were there. At one point. And they are uh, HTTPS, so they are secured. The the page it doesn't matter if your ISP is selling all your information. Yeah, you're not going to. They're not going to get your search results that you entered in a start page, but they're going to get every link that you went to from start page. No doubt about that. The, the yeah, thing that's true. You're not protected at all. If your ISP is able to sell your information, that's the keys to the castle, and your entire profile is already built by your ISP. Your ISP is well before in the chain of you know your your internet connection. Your ISP is way above start page yeah that's a good point uh there are ways to protect yourself from this but uh, but charlie's right at the very least from the the fact that there have been companies selling whatever they can about you for since time immemorial it's just that this is the next step if your isp is violating information and you're like on cable like they can sell what tv shows you're watching your tv if you want anything on your tv if you have a phone connection or whatever and that that you know has some sort of IP traffic. If you have any You're other IP to- devices, if you have an oven that's IP connected, they can the internet of things. You. Hmm? What this, was it? Uh, Google Home and Google Home. series and all that crap. Yep. Yeah, all that. <laughs> you know, and when they do, uh, they do keystroke logs. So sure. it doesn't matter how you encrypt. They grab it before it even gets encrypted. Certainly, the CIA can can do that. Is what yeah. we've been learning uh, recently from WikiLeaks. Oh yeah, it's called magic plant. Yep, you, <laughs> you're right. I mean, any amount of uh, privacy that you think you have is probably an illusion, or at the very least, it can easily you know be cracked by agencies like the CIA. Well, what and the NSA. least we can do is make it harder for them. Yep, yeah, that's about all we can do. Yeah. Yep, I agree with you. That's true. Even if even if you day. don't, thank you for the call, Charlie. I appreciate that. I, yeah, I agree with the perspective. And they're uh, also, you know, the other thing that they don't mention very often is that these, you know, major processor companies, Intel and you know AMD and all that stuff, there's backdoors built right into the processors mm-hmm. that sometimes you know these uh, you know intelligence agencies can leverage have to, leveraged you know half leveraged to be able to access and turn on your computer when it's powered off, get data like directly right. and control the computer. Through the processor and the hardware itself. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, that 
that's a whole nother level of, you know, problematic, but what do you do? Well, you can do some things to make life a little bit more difficult uh, for them. That's definitely true. But it's getting harder and harder to, uh, you know, attain any level of privacy in this world. And, of course, as Charlie was pointing out, the Google Home, the Alexa, these devices that people are voluntarily, basically wiretap devices that people are voluntarily bringing into their home. Uh, we had one here. Cody uh, from Off the Air Live had one in uh, in his room. It broke, apparently. But, uh, you know, every half hour, Alexa would go, hello? Uh, and, what? yeah, so, <laughs> you know, she's there. She's listening. Was just asking every half an hour at random. Yeah. I've yeah. seen him, seen them before, but I, I don't know how my life would be made substantially better by one of these devices. Well, you know, we're a little older than uh, than Cody, right? And he's uh, in his the early twenties. I've seen him at their houses. They're older than me. Okay, well, maybe we're just you but know, let's, setting our okay, ways. Tell me how my life would be made better. I don't know. I, you know, it seems neat. I saw him using it, and he would like ask. You know, Alexa, play LRN.fm, and LRN.fm starts playing. You know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to open a web browser, click something, or you know, open your player. It, it took some steps out of getting you can ask what you definition wanted. of a word. You can do math. Right. You know, to ask math questions. You can uh, ask for a recipe. You can set a timer. You can set a reminder to yeah. buy something later. You can, um, you know, it's basically a personal assistant hmm. in a robot. I mean, I don't know how far it can it can it set calendar events for you and things sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, if it's tied into it. I mean, right. I assume a Google Home would probably be better for that. Could you, be, you know, because it's going to be more likely to be tied into like a calendar service. I mean, it you know sort of reminded me of uh, like the Star Trek where they had the computer that they could talk to right, right. all over the ship and it was listening right. to them at all. At voiced all times. by uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife. Is that who was that? Yeah, Majel Roddenberry was the voice of the computer. But that's what it reminded me of. It was like, oh, there's this thing that you just ask things of and you, you Actually, know, query. Actually, Go- Google's voice assistant at one point was going to be named Majel. In, okay, that's cool. Yeah. In tribute. Yeah, in tribute. Uh, so, it didn't happen, but... <laughs> it's better than Hal. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not. better than Siri and Alexa, too, I think. You or know, Mother. But... <laughs> Mother. Mother was the name of the ship uh, for uh, Alien. Alien, that's yeah. right. Oh, right. Which yeah. I think is a better uh, name, b- name of the computer for the ship um, for Alien, but uh, it's a better name than Hal, but Hal's the one is. Hal, open the door. Open the door, Hal. Just the random thought. I'm going to have it while I have it. It's stuck because, you know, I sometimes movie stuff, I I think of you and I saw this news recently, so I'm just going to share it. And I think maybe some of the listeners will appreciate it because it's kind of libertarian. Robert Rodriguez Rodriguez Mm -hmm. has been tapped to make a remake of Escape from New York. No way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. I wonder, like gonna cast, uh, uh, snake, uh, I wonder if they're going to cast uh, Snake. I wonder if they're going to cast Kurt Russell. Probably not, but I bet I mean, no, they'll probably cast him as a role, probably as somebody not the lead else. role. But yeah, it's, yeah. Like maybe he could, could be like the uh, the old guy, the president, or the yeah. old you know the old guy. Yeah, they, yeah, could, yeah. they should make him uh, the Harry Dean Stanton character yeah, from so. uh, from yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, so great, great movie. If anybody hasn't seen Escape from New York, uh, classic John Carpenter film from I think 1980 or 1981. Yeah. Uh, Toll free number here tonight, 855-450 free. Although I would love to and see... And Snake Plissken was played by uh, somebody who claims to be a libertarian. That's true. Uh, I believe him. I think yep. he's. I think uh, Kurt Russell's uh, pretty libertarian yep. from the commentary tracks I, that I've listened to with him and John Carpenter. 855-450 free. John Carpenter also claims to be a libertarian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more but coming up Robert here. Rodriguez. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control. Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road Underground Market. 
The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit freeross.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit freeross.org. That's freeross.org. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Of course, you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything that you want. we got more to talk about with this uh, internet bill that is going to make it so that the government, or excuse me, the government is making it so that the internet service providers can sell your private information without even informing you about that. Now, the question is, how many of them will choose to do that? How many of them will put it out there that they're going to protect your information? We've yet to see how the market is going to respond. I mean, ultimately, you know, the libertarian position on this is that, well, companies and people should be able to contract and do the business that they want to do. And if a company wants to it offer... It needs to be above board. For the libertarian, I mean, because otherwise it's... Well, every company puts everything in their terms of service, Mark, and technically that's above board because you can go and read them, but who really does? Nobody. That's why it's not above board. But that's why we need consumer organizations like Consumer Reports and other groups, watchdog groups like Mouseprint, uh, these groups that keep an eye on companies. Because even if we don't have the government around, because again, you can't expect the government to protect you. A lot of the times, they're the ones that are working hand-in-hand with some of the most, uh, the worst corporate offenders, uh, as in this particular example here. So, you know, it's going to be up to the market to keep the market in line. Ultimately, that's the best we can hope for. Uh, you can't expect the government to go to bat for you. They're never going to. They don't care about you. Hmm. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Let's go to the phones, and then we can talk more about this story about the ISPs and your privacy. Mark is in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, Mark. How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on? All right. Um, a couple of things. Uh, a lot of the things you, you have been mentioning about Privacy Act, I totally agree with. Um, we've given up a lot of our privacy and things with no different than the uh, little coupon saver uh, uh, items that you do when you scan every time you go out of the grocery store. I followed this for quite a long time and in doing the best I can to stay out of it, but it gets to be very difficult because they raise the prices on everything else and, and, and say they're offering you a discount. Before you before you go on there on on that point, I think that's an interesting study, and it it relates to what we've we've talked about here. I'm glad you brought it up. I hadn't even thought about it. The uh, the loyalty cards, as as they're called, at these different yeah. grocery stores, uh, we know that they're using that information to track your your purchases, to learn more, to build a profile, a consumer profile about you, 
and the stuff that you want to buy, they will then print out coupons at the register, for instance, that are marketed specifically to the things that you're interested in. That's part of the goal of, of what these programs do. In theory, they could turn that information over to the government if the government wanted to find out the things that you've been buying. So they and do, presuming you give them your real name. I mean, you can always... That's right. Well, you can, fake, you can fake them out with a fake name. But the point I wanted to make before you go on, Mark, is that this is an example of kind of what you were talking about, Mark, where Mark in the studio, Mark, uh, where the comp- there are certain companies who will advertise, we don't have a loyalty card. You don't need a loyalty card with our grocery store. It's just a good old-fashioned sale. Come on in and buy stuff. Mm. Now, most I, I agree. Right. I agree with that. We had one of those stores. They went out of business. <laughs> so now I have my only, and same with my cable company, I have one one choice to go to. Mm. Here's the thing about the loyalty card. and what pe- It's not the government. The government really has a is not going to be able to keep track of of 350 million people and try to organize that but here let me give you an example um an article i read and i wish i could quote it but i can't because i'm on the phone um they can predict with i believe it was about 80 percent predictability whether you would vote democrat or republican based upon your shopping habits Mm. now that seems somewhat uh, mundane and, and it's no big deal hold on i got a republican example. joke so do the democrats uh buy more diapers no it depends on what brand of booze you buy okay <laughs> really that makes okay. sense I would have figured they'd been looking at like green, uh, the green stuff, like from the uh, the, the, well, the there's, there's green section. Too, but let me give you an example of where that it becomes real. So we have a healthcare debate going on right now. I'm not going to go into that. Actually, what we've got right now is a really bad connection. I want to get back to you, but hang on, Mark. We're going to put you on hold and okay. see if we can clear up your line. Because uh, interesting, interesting uh, claim. I hadn't heard about that study, but it sounds totally plausible that you can identify the political leanings of someone based on the things that they buy. I bet you can. Store. Yeah, I, I, and what he had said is the government can't put together a database that tracks you. And I say, pooshah! Absolutely, the government is working uh, on putting together databases, and they've got cameras all around that are tracking uh, your vehicles' movements and these sorts of things. Oh yeah. Um, the government's going to know so much about you in the next five to ten years that essentially they're going to they're going to they're going to be working on pre-crime. Speaking of cameras, here's somebody that knows a thing or two about that. Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Yes, but today, today I wanted to talk about dessert. By oh, the thank way. goodness. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's hear about it. What's your <laughs> well, favorite dessert? You know, the, well, what I wanted to uh, say was that it's, it's best to eat the you know desserts like 45 minutes uh, after the meal. Really? Um, or Yeah, or best. Or by itself, like for breakfast or by itself, because it well, isn't breakfast basically I dessert? I mean, there's so many breakfast foods that are just straight up, you know, sugar. sugar. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really eat those. You know, yeah. I I eat more like uh, hash browns and eggs that's, okay. and cheese. That's like my breakfast, you know. So um, the the reason is because is that you know your stomach enzymes actually goes to the sugar first. Instead of uh, digesting your protein, so if you had like fish fillet or cheese and macaroni, it needs to be digesting the protein. So the scientific reason is because that's why the sugar right after the meal ruins your digestion. Hmm. Huh. So I've never heard of that. That's interesting. Now, where did you hear that, Sarah? Well, actually, I was watching. 
I was um, uh, watching uh, exercise videos done put together by a doctor and his wife, and he mentioned that, and he mentioned that you know, you know, don't eat uh, desserts right after right a meal, your meal. But okay. he did. But of but of course, uh, there was no like explanation. You know what I mean? I was like, why? Why would that ruin a digestion? So like, how did you find out? People... I mean, you don't use the internet. <laughs> well, the thing is, I was asking around. I was talking to people, and um, you know, one of the person I talked to, that's what that was the that was the explanation huh. because the stomach acid would go to the sugar first. Yeah, I, don't know. And, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's true, but it's an no. interesting. Uh, if you want to know, know the truth, thing. you use the internet to find out. Yeah, the internet is cool like that. So, Sarah, what uh, you know, g- give us your favorite desserts. What is you know, if you're going to have something, what what are you? What's one of your favorites? You know, I love cheesecake because it's oh, got yeah. plenty of cholesterol and fat, and that's what we need. That's why cheesecake. I mean, you they have a restaurant cheesecake. called Cheesecake Factory here. You yeah. know, yeah, that's right. Why would they have restaurants? They have that in lots of places. You know? That's true. I've been there. It's a good one. Well, yeah, because you know the the cholesterol and the fat and the cream cheese is what we crave. And All that's right, why favorite ice so cream. Tasty. Favorite ice cream, Sarah. Well. Favorite, I like I like all the ice cream. Oh, There's that's no, a cop out. You got to have a, at least a couple favorites. I mean, for me, it's hard to choose. I, I admit. You know, people are going to get ice cream well, right now. They're listening all like, over America uh, getting ice cream. <laughs> cherry ice cream. Yeah. Che- cherry. Again, I do. I, I do full fat. You know, I, I don't. I never mess with low fat. Right. Yeah. That's garbage. Anymore. If you're oh, going to yeah, eat ice cream, like eat the real stuff, which is why I'm insulted by this uh, the crap that Briars is putting out, the uh, frozen dairy desserts. Thanks for the call, Sarah. I appreciate hearing from you. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Be very careful when you're in the ice cream what section. What is a frozen dairy dessert? It is not ice cream. It looks like ice cream. It comes in the same you tub. Know, as tub. It's got the Briars logo on it, and I think there's probably other companies making it's it, like too. Frosty Paws, you know. It is basically ice cream without the cream, or with with enough cream, with just enough, excuse me, with less cream than ice cream. So there's a certain legal amount of cream okay. that makes something ice cream, and if it doesn't meet that level, they can't call it ice cream. They call it frozen dairy dessert. So if you are buying a frozen dairy dessert, you're not getting ice cream. More coming up here in moments, 855-450 free. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Style in toll-free here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. we got more to talk about on the privacy front with your internet service providers. Very soon, apparently, going to be able to sell your private information or what you thought was your private information without your knowledge. We can get back into that story coming up here in moments with you in studio. It's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Mark, tell me about the orphanage that uh, you're helping to be built uh, we're trying to help be yep. built in Kogoma, Uganda. Yeah, Kogoma, Jinja, Uganda okay. is where this is, and it's Jinja. a it's a pretty rural community in um, Uganda. They don't have very many services out there, and the guy that is putting he basically he runs the orphanage. He um he just 
he was an orphan himself and developed a help, uh, heart for these kids and really wants to, to help them and has been helping them uh, tremendously. And if you go to hope.freetalklive.com, you can like his page. This is basically, it's a, it's a link to a Facebook note. Um, and you can find him, you can like his page, you can become friends with him or whatever, and you can see all the pictures this guy posts. Because it's incredible. The prog- They just put in water today. So now they've got a little well um, hmm. at the, the property. Now they don't have uh, they don't have any kind of structure yet. They've only got the foundation in. They're still trying to get or they're trying to get the foundation in. They're still trying to get some concrete and rebar to be able to do the foundation properly. But they've got um, sort of the drainage areas and that sort of thing uh, put in. So uh, basically, as soon as they can raise the money to get the uh, the foundation in, the, to get the concrete and the rebar, they're going to put it in. And they're we're trying to raise about two thousand dollars to get that done. And one of the reasons is is they have to get the they they've made like ten thousand. I don't want to t- say a number because I don't know exactly, but a whole bunch of handmade uh, clay bricks. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have the foundation in by rainy season, which is basically starting now, then the bricks that are sitting on the ground are going to begin to deteriorate and drive the water up through the other bricks. So they're going to lose a lot of bricks mm. if they can't get them up on a foundation at the very least. So um, it's you know times of the essence here. Uh, we've been working on this for a while, and um, I'm really it's as much help as we can get. Please go to hope.freetalklive.com. Investigate this so that you become comfortable for yourself. I'm highly comfortable mm-hmm. that um, this is all legit and completely above board. I get pictures all the time and videos and that sort of thing. The kids say, hi, Mr. Mark. You know, you, it's hard to fake an African village and a bunch of uh, orphans. Um, yeah. So the please, um, you know, I, all I can tell is there's immense suffering. The kids don't even really seem to know it, though. They're singing always, you know, I always get videos of them singing songs and stuff. And they seem very happy, but they live in really squalid conditions. And soon um, they're probably they're. Where they're staying now, the little walk-in closet that these 40 kids are living in, um, they're supposedly going to lose that, too. So, please, uh, hope.freetalklive.com. These folks, they need something. Hope.freetalklive.com. All right. So, I'm just curious, Mark, uh, regarding the the Hope thing, I see it takes you to a Facebook page. Yeah, that's a note. I'm curious to know if, uh, you know, when you're getting these videos, is there some way you can post those? If you go to, you'll see on the top line there, the Foundation of Hope Uganda. Yeah. Um, that's right there in the link. If you go to Foundation of Hope Uganda, I just um, and you can like that, okay. and then you'll get to see all the videos page. and not actually all of them. I uh, he he doesn't entirely understand Facebook and its tool as a mark its its utility as a marketing tool. Right. Um, There's so, definitely pictures of the bricks and and people here. Yeah. yeah, I tell I tell him to post all the stuff that he sends me directly because he I, to some extent he just sort of sees me as his US outlet mm-hmm. or whatever um, and what I want really is for people to get in contact with him. He knows far more about this project than I do. His English isn't fantastic or anything, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really matter when he's in uh, Uganda. What's the native to... tongue in uh, Uganda? Oh, man, he told me at one is point. Is it Afrikaans? No. No. Uh, toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. So that's hope.freetalklive.com if you want to help out. I mean, 200 people throwing in 10 bucks, you're done. It would right? make a big difference. Um, now, uh, there are different ways to, to donate, and they're all outlined on the page. Okay, very good. Let's go to Libertarian Banker. Then we'll talk more about privacy and the Internet service providers uh, here in moments. Libertarian Banker, you're on Free Talk Live, listening online to LRN.FM. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Libertarian um, Banker. Look, uh, 
I know it's not Sunday night, but I wanted to call in about the economics on one lesson by Henry Haslett. Sure. Um, that you guys have been going over. I think you guys are on chapter 18. No, not That's quite. One that I, okay. 15, I are think, you, is well, where we're at. <clears throat> okay, well, I'm going to talk about 18. All right. That's the one that I read, the one that I have written down here. So. Okay. Uh, um, I love how he starts out the chapter about minimum wages, and he says he he says that um, you know people start ignore principles a lot of time when emotions become involved, and there's nothing more emotional than the wages that you know that people are earning. And, and in the right. first part of the chapter, he, he points out that one of the bad parts about minimum wage is that uh, people can be thrown out of unemployment because a lot of people think you know well they can just raise prices to increase the wages. Well, no. That means the consumers might go find substitutes, or they might buy less of that that good. Mm-hmm. So you know there are going to be uh, uh, workers who who get priced out of the market because of that. Happens every so he, time. He also, uh, also uh, kind of kind of knocks on the work relief programs that a lot of people like to tout. He, he says how unef- how inefficient they are, and he actually says that they they be better off just subsidizing it on the private market, which is probably true from an economic perspective, but, you know, not from a moral perspective. What program? And work release, he said? W- like sort of work relief program. Or work you know, relief? Popular, especially back in the Depression. Work relief. Oh, I see. So like the, uh, um, all those uh, like make work? three-letter, three-letter make work programs jumps? that uh, FDR put together? Exactly, exactly. You Tennessee know, and he, he says that if you, if you want to raise, raise wages, you do it by increasing productivity, having better machinery, better capital for the workers to work with, better processes and education. So um, he's right on the money. And he really ends this chapter with this quote right here. I just have to say on the air here. Uh, He says, real wages come out of production, not out of government decree. And, and, you know, good ideas do not require force. so, well, the the good ideas do not require force is a nice little trope. Um, I like it, and I'll uh, use it as often as I can. But um, it doesn't. It seems to just bounce right off people who are uh, dead set on whatever government program they're dead set on. It, it doink just bounces off. They don't even pay attention to it. Exactly, exactly. And you know, we just people need to look at wages as the, as a price, just like anything else. And and the economic the laws of economics apply to that. Uh, you know, so if you fix the price of something, obviously they're going to be unintended consequences. And here you got, you know, un- un- unemployed people who could be un- employed at a lower wage. Thanks for the preview on an upcoming uh, chapter of economics in one lesson. We've been going through it chapter by chapter on Sundays. Uh, Libertarian Banker, I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Our toll free number here, 855 450 free. It's a good book. I've never read it before, so I had not read that chapter that he was talking about yet. We're through about half the book. Uh, we are on chapter 15, I believe. We haven't quite finished our review of that. So tune in again. It's on a review. It's a book Sunday report, night. basically. Yeah, book club. Yeah, book club. Or whatever. Uh, so anyway, you can read it along with us because it's free to download online. Just look for Economics in One Lesson, Henry Hazlitt, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So let's get back into this story here uh, that Johnson brought in tonight from theregister.co.uk. Again, a United Kingdom uh, based story mm-hmm. reporting on what's happening in the United States. I wonder what kind of reportage this is getting. I mean, you mentioned Slashdot, right? Uh, but I wonder. And that's just you know, that's a news site for geeks. I wonder if this is even seeing any mainstream media uh, coverage. Not nearly enough. Uh, the U.S. So 
what they're talking about doing here is, and apparently this has passed the House on a pretty much a party line vote, 232 to 184. It has also passed the Senate, and so therefore it's going to Trump, and he is expected to sign it. It is going to allow Internet service providers like yours to sell your personal information, to sell your browsing history, to sell any kind of data they can collect, which is a lot of data, uh, without informing you. Now, it's difficult to underestimate, says the Register, the impact that the shift away from data privacy to open season on personal information sales may have. Open season on common sense. With cable companies now given strong financial incentive to draw on user information and habits, and with the stick of regulatory intervention effectively thrown away, it may result in significant societal changes. The irony is that just a few months ago, the situation was the polar opposite. When U.S. communications watchdog the FCC, uh, and that's not how I would describe the uh, the FCC. (laughs) I would describe the FCC as an impediment to uh, communications. But regardless, you you know where this author is coming from. Uh, Controversially declared that broadband providers were common carriers along the same lines as telephone companies. One of the many impacts was it pulled enforcement of data privacy rules away from the FTC and gave it to the FCC. As a result of that, the FCC passed new privacy rules that were a little stronger than the FTC rules, mostly in that they are preemptive and require the Internet service providers to give customers an opt-in option for their most sensitive information. In other words, they would have had to have actively gotten your permission before selling that data. And some of them were doing that, like AT&T. We'll tell you about that coming up here in moments. And AT&T, of course, is one of the worst offenders uh, giving over. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community and it's it's only getting bigger that's amazing to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent what the free state project is managing to do though is to put their money where their mouth is physically getting up across the country and saying let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas there's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty there's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it but here in new hampshire people are doing it 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com. 101reasonsfilm.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. As we launch here into the third hour of the program, we've been talking about your privacy or what little remains of it after the government is apparently going to be allowing Internet access or Internet service providers to sell your private information, the web browsing history that you have, the uh, the you know stuff you've entered into those websites – all kinds of data that they can gather about you. They can sell, apparently, now once this goes through uh, the president. It's passed the House. It's passed the Senate. Uh, once it goes through, they'll be able to sell that information without even informing you about it. So how is the market going to respond to this? What are we going to see happen? We can talk more about it coming up here in moments with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. To the phones. To the phone. We've got Liberty Lover on the line via Skype. Go ahead. 
How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, it's actually the issue with uh, internet privacy. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed a lot of hypocrisy from my peers in this instance. All right. For example, you already know about the CIA spying. A lot of people came to me and simply told me, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, so why should I care? Oh, yeah, they boy. say it but all the time, all sure. It, but all of a sudden when they realize an internet service provider is doing it, everybody's hair is on fire. Now they're mad, huh? Okay. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm scared that nobody's really going to do anything about either one. Oh, they probably because most, won't. <laughs> well, well, most people simply don't care as long as they get to keep their internet. I think I think you're mostly right. So whenever you talk to somebody who does who's like, hey, you know, as long as if the government wants to look at what I'm doing, that's fine. I've got nothing to hide. The f- you got to take them down the primrose path a little bit. First, ask them, do you think that there's, um, a, if not a majority, at least a large percentage of politicians, chiefs of business, and judges that are corrupt? And they'll say. Okay, you probably should start with uh, shouldn't start with judges. Judges are most liked in that group. So you say judges, uh, chiefs of uh, chiefs of business, uh, captains of industry, and politicians. And when you end with politicians, that's the way you're you're hitting hitting a little harder. Usually they'll say yes when you say is a politician corrupt, because most people believe that. Yep. Once you've asked that, okay, all right. Now, do you want not just one, but there's several dozen. Intelligence agencies, therefore there's many chiefs of intelligence agencies and little functionaries to have private information like, I don't know, the mistress's names and, uh, you know, whatever bank, uh, whatever stock dealings and all these other things of these judges, captains of industry and politicians, because the person who has that information controls the world. Do you want one agency or a group of agencies to have that secret agencies that are completely unaccountable to you. And at that point, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter that I'm sending recipes through email or whatever. Maybe it matters that it's what other people are saying. Well, I'm just going to throw in maybe. my general. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I mean, please. I was just going to say that's an interesting theory, Mark. Have you actually tried it? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw in my opinion on the uh, deal with the Internet service providers being able to sell what you'd like. This is where I have a little bit of clashing with some of my libertarian peers. I have no problem with them selling like what you're buying, for example. But when it comes to personal financial information or family information, I start to have a little bit of an issue. And I think maybe we should have some protections in place for that. Like what? Like when you say personal financial information, I mean, they're not going to be able to collect your bank account data. Well, what if you're putting that on the internet? What if you're filing Actually, they'll be able to collect uh, banking taxes? use. That's true. They can definitely find that out. Uh, they, they, go ahead. Sorry. Well, well, yeah, and that's the thing. If they're able to steal some of your personal information, do you think that's right? Steal? Well, the argument would be that you're choosing to give it to them by using their service. Uh, I, I Actually, yeah, you are right there. I'm sorry. Um it's subterfuge to some extent. I don't think people necessarily know they're giving it up. It's basically Facebook, right? So Facebook, yeah. this is the argument for and against Facebook, is you go and give a tremendous amount of information to this organization right. in exchange for basically having half the Internet. Facebook's, you know, Facebook's half the Internet, Google's the other half, right? Um, and if you don't, you don't have to, but people do, 
millions, hundreds of millions of people do. Maybe uh, you know, a couple billion. I don't know how many people use Facebook, but a lot do. Yeah, and. I guess that's the experience they that, that they want to have. I would like to get off Facebook, but I don't feel like I can from a marketing standpoint. Um, I feel the same way, and I, that's why us. I feel like I'm stuck. Well, I, I don't I don't use my actual real name on Facebook. The only reason I use it is to keep up with some of the pages. But this is my only problem with the bill. They don't have to tell people that they're doing this. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. I have no problem with them selling it, but I feel there should be at least some disclosure. Yeah, but I I mean, while I agree with you, the true free market position would say that the market will handle this, however that is. And maybe it's through competition. If we actually had a free market, we would have more choices in Internet providers and there would likely be a private solution. There would likely be one of them that sort of rose as the we're, we'll protect your privacy internet service provider. You might have to pay a little bit more, but you'll you know we'll protect your privacy. The reason why these other companies are doing it for less is because they're selling you out. Well, and the, arg- the argument would be that there's only a certain amount of internet service providers in one given area. I understand that, and that's why I said if we actually had a free market in internet service providers, which we generally don't. Uh, but it's still we do still have somewhat of a market. I mean, there is still some competition, and so it will be interesting to see how people or you know how the internet service providers handle this because there is a palpable public outcry about this. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who, in the tech field, in the internet community, are upset about this. And we have seen that the internet people have been very good at mobilizing to well, try to change things. Well, the solution in that case would be stop municipalities from preventing different companies to run lines to people's houses. That's, that is a solution. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's not going to change overnight, though. So in the meantime, we just sort of have to wait and spread see what message. happens or spread the word or you know, actively contact your ISP and ask them, what is your policy? Well, what are you going to do about this? The only problem I notice with that is I, I tell a lot of people, you know, if you don't like it, don't buy Internet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them will say, well, I need it. And I think the reason that this is going to be a problem is because a lot of people have dependencies with the Internet sure. and don't want to shut it down in protest. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I totally understand. I mean, the dependencies are real. Uh, Renee, uh, she lost her phone the other night, and she told me she felt incomplete without having a phone in her hand for 24 hours. So, I mean, <laughs> I know I would. I, know the I feeling, don't understand. Yeah. I feel incomplete feeling. if I lose my phone for an hour. Yeah, the dependency is very, very real. Uh, but you know, maybe people are going to actually take their re- you know responsibility for their privacy into their own hands. Because what I hear you saying, uh, Liberty Lover, is that you're calling for the government to do something here. That's where you said you were breaking with your libertarian friends on this. And the thing is, the government put you in this position in the first place, so you can't trust them either. I I, I may need to rethink that now that you've brought up the municipalities. Uh... Well, more that I thought about it. In the well, the government. Put, okay, so that's another good point. The government puts you in this position in two ways, at least two ways that we've discussed: the municipalities restricting the market, but then also the federal government going ahead and selling you down the river. You know, they change their rules at the drop of a hat, and so you know you can't trust these people. They're they're the government. <laughs> I mean, come <laughs> on, we should know better than that as uh, as libertarians. The market isn't a perfect place. 
sometimes it can get a little ugly in this whole process of figuring well, figuring out supply and demand and the, you know, prices and all that. The, the, the problem, okay, the problem that we're seeing here isn't the market's fault. The market would have come up with a solution um, if the if the government hadn't been involved in the first place, but the problem is is that people run to the government as a solution, and then it's the market's job to untie it all. And then it looks when it gets messy during the untying, everybody's like, "Oh, hey, it's the market's yeah. fault." Thanks. Look, Liberty five years Liberty. from now, this will Thanks be solved. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Toll free number tonight. If you want to join us here, eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. We got more to say here. There's uh, more detail. I think it's pretty worth sharing from the register. And then, you know, solutions. We already mentioned the VPN. Are there other options? Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype. Skype username is LRN.FM. Tonight in studio, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Talking more about your privacy on the internet and how to stay private in this new era where your internet service provider, in very short order, is likely going to be able to sell your internet information, your private data. Stuff about you that you thought only you knew about. <laughs> uh, they can apparently sell that to whoever they want once this bill that's now been passed by the House and Senate gets signed as it is expected to do. Yeah, using a different search engine is not going to uh, be masking your uh, porn watching habits, for example. When it's the at the ISP level, they've got everything. Pretty much. Uh, we're going to get a little deeper into what they have and Wait what they minute, might not have. They're going to be able to see what videos I'm watching? Yeah. Uh, if you have Bitcoin, by the way... Uh, we want you to download the official wallet of Free Talk Live. It's called Jax, J-A-X-X dot I-O. Uh, you can get it for free, of course, at Jax.io and also the Google or Apple app stores. It's got multiple cryptocurrencies that it can hold, not just Bitcoin, but also Ethereum and uh, as well as Dash. And there's more. You can go to Jax.io, get your copy of Jax there. It's also cross-platform, so you can get it not just for your smartphone, but also for your laptop, desktop computer, your tablet. Uh, it's pretty much the, you know, the major operating systems, Windows, Linux, and Macintosh, in addition to the phones, and even browser plug-in versions for Firefox and Chrome. So go to Jax.io. There's also Shapeshift integration, which means you get frictionless, easy exchange between your currencies. If you want to do that, you can do it right there in Jax without having to leave the wallet. Plus, it's easy to back up your wallet, which is super important. You don't want to lose your phone or, you know, break the phone and not have a backup. They make it easy to do that with Jax. They're striving to give you command over your digital life, coins, contracts, currencies, identity, and more. It's your digital command center in the palm of your hand. It's Jax. The official wallet of Free Talk Live at jaxx.io. So, the story here, and it's a really good, like, detailed story from the register.co.uk about this new bill that is likely going to get passed completely through. Uh, it's already been through the House and Senate. Fake that, news. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is going to allow the government, or, or the government's going to allow these internet service providers to sell your information. Now, some of these ISPs have already been selling your information, but they have been required by the government to opt in. And so it's this opt-in issue that had exposed the value of your data 
to the ISPs. When Google launched its Fiber Gigabit offering in various cities for just $70 a month, AT&T responded by offering pretty much the same service at the same price point. But to get the special price, you had to agree to be part of its Internet Preferences program, Mm. which gave AT&T permission to examine your web traffic and sell it. Take that service off, and the price jumped up $29 per month. So there you have it. That is the value of a month's worth of your private data, $29. (laughs) A dollar Uh, a day, roughly. If you had television or phone service, the price jumped $60 per month. Meanwhile, back at the FCC, thanks to presidential politics and the election of Donald Trump, two commissioners, both Democrats, have left. And that means the two Republican commissioners now hold a majority. The new chair, Ajit Pai, killed off the new FCC privacy rules literally days before they were due to take effect, leaving a situation where ISPs are no longer under FTC jurisdiction and there are no FCC rules for them to adhere to. On top of that, congressional use of what was an obscure piece of legislation until two months ago, the Congressional Review Act effectively introduces a permanent ban on those FCC rules. Privacy rules that are substantially similar cannot be reintroduced without the approval of Congress now that the congressional disapproval vote has passed. So unless the FCC or Congress scrap their net neutrality rules that pulled ISPs under the FCC's jurisdiction, something which, if it does happen, is going to take some time. And by the way, the uh, current FCC chairman has expressed an interest in getting rid of net neutrality, which we've talked a lot about net neutrality over the last few years here on Free Talk Live. And, you know, again, I don't think that the government should be mandating these things. And can Johnson, can you explain what net neutrality is for listeners just tuning in? Uh, I mean, that all traffic is treated equally, essentially. That it's a government requirement right, right, right. on internet service providers and backbone providers right. that they not uh, be allowed to essentially take payments from certain companies mm-hmm. to prioritize their traffic. Right. Which uh, I don't see what the problem with that is. But again, I think that if people believe it's a problem, then they should allow the marketplace to solve that problem rather than going to the government and forcing people who've taken the well, time and effort to invest in their hardware. It's not the government's hardware yeah. that's running the uh, the Internet. It's private companies that are doing this. The they issue, should be able to run it how they want. The issue is, you know, because I'm of two mindsets on this. The, the net neutrality, I think that the market should be able to solve it if if – you would actually have a marketplace for internet service providers. Without that, it's like, yeah, I feel like the internet needs to be, the, you know, the net neutrality there needs to be in place because you can't switch service providers. So, well, you can. You can't really. You can't really. I can always switch to a Fairpoint or go to one of the cell phone. Yeah, providers. that's not really an option if you actually need bandwidth. Because well, it has saying. to be cable. It's highly yeah, limited. Pretty much. The market is highly limited. Highly, highly, highly limited because of local municipal governments preventing real infrastructure being put in place or, or you know, other options. So it's either protect. It's either to have a law that says, uh, you know, the 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 uh, you have net neutrality. You say that the internet is neutral. That you have to treat all traffic and all internet packets the same. Right. You can't charge. You know, a thousand dollars or whatever a, a byte for uh, text messages versus, uh, you know, other data like they did do with the, the cell phone companies, um, you know, that you have to treat all data the same. Or or what you need to say is you need to say, look, these other Internet service providers can all use the lines that are already in place. 
And that way you can have competition at ISP. And they actually have that, uh, interestingly, on the fiber system, the government-subsidized fiber. Ironically, right. it's the government-subsidized fiber system here in New Hampshire where there are actually multiple service providers that are competing for... On the same uh, lines. On the same lines. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so that mean they would have to nationalize the cable lines, essentially. I think it's kind of funny that you're sitting that here saying, like idea. well, the internet isn't internet unless you have cable. And out of my house, we've never had it. Um, I was, uh, when I first started, I had a router that would take... You have uh, satellite you don't really... Hold on. I had a router that would take a uh, an air card or whatever from a, mm-hmm. um, from a cell phone. So I'd right. have cell phone internet in the house. And then after that, we up, upgraded to the satellite <laughs> uh, that internet that's... Uh, you know, slower than molasses and have all the kinds yeah. of latency and all that stuff. But if that's what you got, that's what you got. And then, woo, the big day when uh, the the telephone company said we're going to be offering you you DSL. can get yeah you can get up to fifteen megabytes per second, which from actually DSL. was faster than what they were offering here in Keene. Yes, so the, the big city in the I'm, area. I'm close mm. to the little green box. That's why. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know. Life's pretty good out there. I, I, I haven't ever had yeah, cable. You've also suggested, though, many times that you're not exactly the most high-tech of people. It's true. How much yeah. more do you need than 15 megabytes per second? <laughs> <laughs> About when will you need more than 640K? More than that, I just to, don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's a classic Bill, Ga- or, uh, Bill Gates. Yeah, it was Bill Gates. Gates. Yeah, Bill something, Gates. Uh, something like that, yeah. You'll never need, I need more a than lot more than that. Toll free number here, 855 450 free. We got more to say about this, and you can join us as well if you want to weigh in. 855 450 free. Your privacy, it barely exists. It's Free Talk Live. We're coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Don't forget, you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have waiting for you there. Uh, If you would like, you can get interactive. There are various different features on the site, like the front page, where you can actually create the content uh, that you see there. It's been put there by listeners just like you. And then you can vote on it. It's a Reddit-based system, so it's totally free. You vote on the stuff that you like, vote down the stuff you don't like. It's completely up to you what you submit and what you vote on over at freetalklive.com. Back to more of the privacy story here in moments. Your privacy on the Internet is uh, is under more threat than it's ever been, apparently. Let's go first, though, to a place where the Internet is even less free, and that's China, where Ian is on the line. Go ahead, Ian. Welcome to the mountains of China and a new technology. They call it Wopo. It's uh, web over power lines, and we get it next month. Really? I've heard about this. They had talked about it here in the United States for a while that power companies were investigating uh, being Internet service providers. I don't know if it ever panned out. Maybe there's somebody out there listening to us in the U.S. that has this. Well, they've done this in a few cities in China, 
And like right now, I have a 100M service. Okay. I, I need more than 40. <laughs> yep. And yeah. uh, they're saying that 100M is just a piece of cake with the power line system. They go right over the copper wires into your home. Yep. Huh. Modem is a little box about the size of a pack of cigarettes. And you plug it into the wall outlet, extend its little antenna, and away you go. It's unbelievable. Now you said they're rolling that. You said they're rolling this out now. Right now, we get it on the. I love this. We get ours the first of April, and I leave for the states on the first of May. So I'm going to have one month to play with it. <laughs> right on. Now, are you currently? What is the current technology that you're using? Is it cable? Is it DSL? Fiber optic right now. Fiber optics. Okay. I'm running fiber optic, and they call it SDSL. In other words, my upload speed apparently matches my download. Now, in reality, because I'm a foreigner, yeah, yeah, because I'm a foreigner, (laughs) all bets are off, baby. I'm I'm lucky sometimes to get four, four megabits. Well, they watch us very carefully. They they really watch the foreigners. Hmm. Now, can I ask a question? I guess you could be a spy. Subject. Pardon? I guess you could be a spy. No, don't say that word. Yeah. <laughs> I'll cut you off the air. Bad word. Can, All right. So what I, else did you say? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, have you read my book? I have not. No. Oh, shame upon you. Yeah. Bad word. I'm Bad terrible word. at reading. I really am. Uh, you know, I have to basically go to jail in order to really spend time <laughs> reading. It's been a little while, Just hasn't it, buddy? The yeah. first one, Eyes on China, uh-huh. is a really easy read. Great. I wrote it to the level of about eighth grade so that older and younger could absorb it. Well, there you go. You just got yourself a free promo. Now you got to buy ads yep. from now on. So contact Mark at freetalklive.com. I'd have told you where to buy it. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ian. Appreciate it. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. So the story at the register, we're back to this uh, story about your privacy being under grave threats. Due to the fact that apparently very shortly internet service providers will be able to sell your private information without your knowledge. So this is from the register.co.uk. So setting aside hyperbole or extrapolation, what does this actually mean for end users? What can the ISPs, the internet service providers, really see as far as what you're doing? And what can they really sell? Well, at the moment, they have the right to effectively sell ads like Facebook and Google. Both of these companies built up a huge amount of information on their users, and then they sell them. They sell the data in aggregate and keep a tight control on the fine details. That means that a company selling like a new electric car will be able to pay Facebook to put its ads in front of you based on its own criteria. Uh, For instance, we want to target families with parents aged between 30 and 45 who live in the San Francisco Bay Area. You can do that easily with Facebook and, and Google. Okay. Facebook knows who you are because you're permanently logged in. And not only do you post a lot of information there, but you use your Facebook login to get into other sites. Facebook pulls all of this information together, figures out who you are, and then sends you ads that are included in its massive pool of ads. Google does the same thing in a different way. It uses your search results, might use the Chrome browser and its various services, Gmail being the big one, to build up a profile of who you are. You've probably always logged into Gmail and have your Chrome as your or Chrome as your default browser, so everything you do potentially finds its way back to Google and they aggregate and sell it. Well, ISPs now have this power too, except they have one huge advantage. 
They don't have to get you to log or opt into anything. If you log out of Gmail and you switch your search engine to something that is not Google, then Google effectively goes blind. Likewise, if you log out of Facebook and any sites that you've used Facebook to log into and delete all the cookies that it's installed on your system, Facebook will also go blind. Not so for your ISP. They Nope, nope. they're going to see it all. They see everything you're doing because its service is your very internet connection. And this is what you were touching on earlier, Johnson. Right. Even if you use the incognito mode that many browsers offer where you can't be tracked by cookies, your ISP can still see where you're going because they have to go get the information from the websites you're looking at. Now, the really big question is, can your ISP see the content of your online interactions? Can they read your emails? Can they read your search results? Can they store and search through the words that you've typed into a web page? And the answer is yes, sometimes. If the website you visit is not secured with HTTPS, then you'll see it. If you, you know where you type in the URL. Are your emails ever not secured? I mean, you would be on a really crappy email server if, it, if they weren't. Right. Uh, but when you type in the, the URL in your little bar there at the top of the browser, yeah. www.whatever, freetalklive.com, if there's an HTTPS in front of that, once you go to the site, you look there, and if you see the S, that means you're on the secure uh, page. Anyway, if that S is not there, then the ISP can see exactly what you're doing. Now, the scary reality is tempered by two things. First, a majority of websites these days, especially big ones, use HTTPS. And second, it's a lot of hassle for ISPs to take this enormous quantity of information and make something valuable out of it. In short, it's not worth the cost of searching through your and millions of others' web traffic to find information that they can sell. What they make from that will not cover the costs of the search. But that may change with this congressional vote. The economics might shift in favor of searching that traffic. It's certainly that ISPs will run experiments to see if they can make money from digging into this information. Pharmaceutical companies in particular pay a lot of money for information on users looking for specific drugs because they can potentially make thousands of dollars from getting people using their drug. Again, ISPs have always been able to do this. However, with this congressional vote, they don't have to fear the Federal Trade Commission landing them with a multi-million dollar fine. They don't have to disclose to anyone that they're doing this, and they don't have to be uh, they don't have to fret that the hands-on FCC will come after them either. It's a free-for-all with potentially billions of dollars there for the taking. So the logical question is, what can you do about it? And this is really the most important part of this is you you can't trust the government to protect you. They're throwing you to the wolves at this point. And so it's always been up to you to protect yourself. You never should have trusted the government you know, to protect you in the first place. And so now they're going to go through some very concrete examples of some things that you can do to increase your privacy using the Internet. We already talked about one of them, which is using a VPN, virtual private network. Which always costs uh, speed. Almost guaranteed it's going to cost you some sort of hit to your speed uh, as far as your, you know, you, what you pay from your internet service provider. Let's say you're getting 100 megabits down. Well, who knows what you're going to get out of the uh, the virtual private network. Uh, different VPNs are going to have different sort of pipe sizes, but mm-hmm. those pipes are going to be shared by their users. And so at any given moment... Who knows how much of it will be allocated to you. You'll probably get a few megabits a second. I mean, I've seen that when I've tested, uh, for instance, like ProXPN. But if you're connecting across the world to some place in, you know, Bangladesh, who knows? I mean, how fast that's going to go. So, you know, privacy, there's always trade-offs. 
Uh, it's very, you know, that's one of the, the reasons why people don't want privacy is because they'd rather just have the unadulterated internet speed. speed. Give it to uh, me straight. Yep. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You may dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. We're talking privacy on the Internet. It's more important now than ever, now that apparently Internet service providers are going to be able to legally sell your private information to the highest bidder, and they won't have to tell you about it. So what can you do about that? Well, first of all, uh, before we get into that, I do want to let you know about the Free Talk Live AMP program, where if you are a privacy-minded person, you can AMP the show with Bitcoin. Now, we mentioned Bitcoin as an option when we talk about the AMP program. AMP stands for advertising. Or Dash or a variety of nope, options. Nope, you can't do that uh, directly through the site. You, if you want to do Dash or something like that, you'll have to contact, uh, you have to contact me. But okay. you know, we, can, we can figure out a way to make that work. Um, but anyway, what I was going to tell you was that uh, the Bitcoin option is there for you. And if you want to do it privately, you, know, you can use PayPal, you can use credit card, to send five bucks a month to the show. That's what the AMP program does. It's money that we invest into Free Talk Live so we can get on more radio stations around the country, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, so you know, that's great. The AMP program is wonderful. We appreciate everybody that amps the show. You get some cool perks. But if you want to do it anonymously, you can't do that with a credit card. You can't do that with PayPal. But you can do it with Bitcoin. And here's how you do it. So... You have to have basically some sort of throwaway email address, obviously, because you don't want to use an identifiable email address. So you get your email address that you're going to use. You use that to create an account on freetalklive.com. Then you amp the show with Bitcoin and you pay with Bitcoin. Problems solved. You don't have to put any information in about who you are. All we need is an email address and the Bitcoin payments. And that's it. Uh, So it's a truly anonymous way to back Free Talk Live uh, if you, you know, if you've been worried about Free Talk Live showing up on your, you know, your credit card statement or something like that, you don't want to be connected in any way with uh, supporting the show. Our Bitcoin option allows you to do that. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Now the Bitcoin option is prepaid only, meaning that you have to select a certain amount of months that you want to amp the show. So let's say you want to do three, six, nine, you know, twelve you months. Do, you want to do a year, and then that way you only have yeah. to do it annually. Yeah, exactly. So you go to amp amp amp.freetalklive.com. All right. So back to the register.co.uk, and they've been talking about this situation with the internet service providers being able to invade your privacy more so than ever be able uh, being able to sell that information what can you do about it because you can't rely on the government to protect you here you've got to rely on you and of course that means you've got to rely on other people because odds are you can't program your own vpn right so you got to be able to nope, I can't you know make some uh, make some choices here uh so here they got some uh, general suggestions on what you can do use tor or a vpn If you connect to the Tor anonymizing system or use Tor's browser, your ISP will only know that you've connected to Tor. And from there, they lose the data trail. Of course, the downside to this is that your browsing will be slower. Uh, Be aware, your unencrypted traffic to websites outside of the Tor network passes through a computer. Tor is a lot slower than a VPN. Is it, though? I think it is, yeah. Okay. Tor's gotten a lot faster over the years, though, in in my experience. So has the internet. Uh, be aware. Well, as as long as there's more people on tour, then it'll be it'll be faster, right? 
Uh, so anyway, well, your exit nodes, I mean, they, they're only so big, right? That's correct. That's really the restriction is the exit nodes. But if there's more people providing exit nodes, then there's more bandwidth available. Anyway, you're going through an exit node, which is somebody you don't know. That's their computer somewhere mm-hmm. on the Internet. The person running the exit node can watch what you're doing. And all you've done is move from your ISP snooping on you to an exit node admin possibly watching you. Would they know who you are? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, Again, if you're going on unencrypted websites or unsecured websites, then they could find that out. Okay. Sure. On the other hand, you'll cycle through different exit nodes, so it's harder to be identified and tracked by websites outside of the Tor network. A virtual private network, on the other hand, is an alternative that will work for lots of people, especially if your work has a VPN service you can use for free. This, again, will cut off your ISP's ability to see what you're doing. But, and this is a big but, do some research on your VPN provider. Do not use a free VPN provider because Mm -hmm. they face even stronger financial temptations to sell your information. If you use a VPN, you're effectively giving that company the same level of insight into your online life as your ISP. So pay for one and check out their policies on what they do with the data that they build on you. In short, unless you have a work VPN service you can use, you're going to have to pay to hide your data from your ISP effectively. If you can set up a VPN server yourself, do so, or use a tool to do it for you. Be aware, some websites such as Netflix clamp down on VPN use, so you won't be able to use every site with one. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I didn't know Netflix did, but... Because oh, they, what's the reason for that? Because they lock their certain content in certain countries. Oh, right. Because so yeah, of licensing. There's no way that they can figure out where the traffic is coming from if they allow VPNs at all. So they just they lock them all out. All uh, VPNs. That's crappy. Uh, use a different search engine. This is number two. Google offers a wonderful service, but everything you type in its search box is logged and connected to you in as many ways as possible. It's then sold on. So why not use a different search engine? Rather than simply typing into Chrome's internet address bar or using the search box in Firefox, why not stick a shortcut on your browser's top bar to a search engine like DuckDuckGo, which will not track you or store your information? Or StartPage.com. It's one step more than, say, using Google, but it's easy to make it a habit, and you would be protecting your personal data. Now, remember, go back to what Johnson said earlier here, and that is that if you're just using some site like DuckDuckGo or StartPage, as soon as you click on a result... If you're not using a VPN, right. then your service yeah, provider is going to know what you from your ISP. Yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, they're going to know exactly where you're going. They do. Start page does have an HTTPS uh, option. Doesn't matter if you click on, unless they're using HTTPS to feed you the website that you're clicking on. I think so. Well, that might be worth looking into. Um, and I bet you that's a paid paid service as well. Number three, log out and or use two browsers at the same time, they say. You don't have to be logged into Facebook and Gmail all the time. You really don't. So why not log out when you're done with them? In fact, studies have shown repeatedly, if you can keep the distractions away, oh, look, somebody liked my post, they say. There's another email from my coworker. I wonder what it's about. Then you can not only be more effective and efficient, but you can feel less overwhelmed and more at peace. Mm-hmm. Try it, they say. If you do insist on being logged into Facebook and Gmail all the time, why not use one browser, say Chrome, for that, and another one, say Firefox, for all your browsing? It's easy to switch between browsers on your computer, and using two will limit what third parties can see about what you're doing. Firefox is actually introducing a new feature very soon here, if, not, oh. if it's not already out. Um, that allow it's like it's based on identities, so they're like the multiple different. Um, I can't remember the name of the feature is called, but it's like multiple different tabs and multiple different things. You can have basically, you have different identities. Like if you have your personal identity, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe identity you use for work. 
uh, maybe you have an identity, maybe you're a personality or something like that, and you have these sort of different, most people have these different sort of um, ways of being. Like you might speak one way around your children, if you have children, than you would, you, you know, around coworkers. You, okay. know, you have these two sure. different sort of aspects of your personality. Well, Firefox is being the first to kind of like, um, delve into this sort of territory so that you can have like, for example, a certain group of tabs that basically the cookie jar for those tabs, you know, the, where you have all your cookies and your identity mm-hmm. is, um, you can Segregated. link it to like a work account okay. and then you can have a personal and you can have all these like these, so these, uh, sort of like identity aspects hmm. and uh i think it's called flow or something like that or something and it's, it's like, different I mean, somehow than what they already had where you can log oh yeah, in to new, the browser yeah yeah okay. it's, it's it's very complicated too there's the, the, this is something that's like just going to start and it's going to probably be a big thing Interesting. in all browsers but it's um it's just starting and there's a lot of questions around how those types of issues are going to be handled because what if you accidentally start doing things in the wrong identity and you think you're in your personal identity and you start accessing things in your work. Well, that's the thing. You've got to pay attention. Yeah. You know, this is about being, and how do they indicate that to you? Are they the color coded? Are they going to have different color tabs? Are they going to have icons? So this isn't even out yet. They're still developing it. Well, it's out now, but they're, they're still developing it. You know, they're, they're, working on it all right so. so two more quick tips here uh for number four use https if the website you're by visiting- the way um startpage.com has the, an option of going using proxy that's https on everything okay and there's free. also a browser plugin called https everywhere which will enable that encryption to be applied to websites without the extra from security. the eff uh from the electronic frontier foundation yes so it's not perfect, but it's a good way to cut down on data leakage. And finally, number five, which is what I suggested earlier, is go ahead, call your internet service provider and ask them about opting out. I it's, like this option. I want them to be flooded with calls asking them what yeah. they're going to do. Uh, you know, what is their plan? Seemingly obvious thing to do, but hardly anyone bothers to do this. Call your ISP. Tell them you're concerned about them tracking your activity and ask them for their policies. Ask them what information they have on you and ask them what they're allowed to sell. I mean, because this ruling just came out, if a whole bunch of people start calling their ISPs, it could be a, a big deal. You know, they Exactly. Could, it could really influence their, their behavior. That's that's the best way to do this. That's you know, if they're not going to change their policies, then you can protect yourself through the the other methods that we mentioned here. Uh, good story from the register. Thanks for bringing it in, Johnson. And then we'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com, which by the way is HTTPS. Catch us on Free Talk Live. How about that? <laughs> Catch you outside. Catch our website. How about that? This is Free Talk Live. We're doing a crypto after show here on Sunday evening. Uh, Michael is with us here still from Hooksit. And uh, Johnny Ray sticking here with us in the studio. Ian and Mark as normal. Uh, So, Michael, let's see. We were just actually, Johnny Ray, you had just made a a point. Yeah, I had posited Mm -hmm. an outcome of the Bitcoin fork. Can you recap that briefly? Sure. So I'm a Bitcoin owner and I have two Bitcoins. The Bitcoin fork happens wherein Bitcoin Unlimited forks off, has, has its own blockchain fork off of the original Bitcoin. So now I have uh, two Bitcoin Unlimiteds, and I also have two uh, original Bitcoins. That's right, yep. Now, now in the confusion and the uncertainty about which one is going to win, and and the fact that the, whole, that the Bitcoins have just been doubled, their demand... Supply and demand, the tenets of supply and demand will bring the price 
to roughly half of what it was. That's not what happened, at least with Ethereum, right? When uh, when Ethereum was split last year, it split into Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. Uh, nobody really knew that, I think, that Ethereum Classic was going to continue, but it did. And it ended up being basically a tenth of the value of Ethereum. Uh, so I would say that that's not necessarily set in stone that it's going to be half and half because, as I understand it, the uh, you know the situation is that you're going to have to have at least at least 51 percent of the miners uh, to uh, to go to Bitcoin Unlimited before the hard fork can happen. But they you know in order to ensure that they have the majority of the mining power, they're likely going to wait if they can get 70 percent. They're going to go for that, and so you're going to see if that if that occurs that way. You'll see the majority of the hashing power on the Bitcoin Unlimited side, which creates certain incentives uh, that I was reading an article at, at Medium.com the other day suggesting that if you know, it's even possible that the fork wouldn't even happen due to different factors. But if it did, so you then have the issue of the miners are doing one thing and then the market decides what to do from there, right? Like the market trading, Roger Veer says he's going to dump all of his original Bitcoin if that happens. Uh, people who support original Bitcoin are probably going to dump all of their Bitcoin Unlimited. So, you know, who's going to sell what? We don't know. And that's what's going to affect the price. If there's a bunch of selling going on, that's going to drive the price down. Or up because somebody's, you know, buying, buying it. It depends on who sells what and, and where, right? So who knows how that's going to pan out. Michael, what do you think? Um, yeah, the way you're describing it is very nice, but it's gonna get nasty. If it's already nasty. nasty now. It's the biggest nerd <laughs> war ever. Oh, you, you haven't seen anything yet. There'll be attacks <laughs> on every side. You will. You, there will be anonymous because you know Bitcoin is mainly anonymous. Right. There will be different miners diverted to this attack or that attack. There will be uh, the chains will not separate cleanly because the Bitcoin unlimited people, at least now, they do not want to put in replay protection. The what the exchanges uh, replay uh, okay. so that a coin sent on one chain cannot be sent on the same chain using the same transaction. That's what exchanges were asking for okay. to have a clean separation of the two uh, two chains. Okay, you have to have protection from right because you have a pub, uh, private key that moves coins on one chain. It, the same private key will move coins on the other Both chain. Both chains, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you so, just had this happen, Mark, where you sent. Uh, ether from what was it classic to a regular ether or? yeah i, I b- b- borked that all up did you lose the coin yeah, there conceivably if i had control of the receiving wallet i uh-huh. could go get it but i don't mm, okay and uh and it's a russian exchange so only michael yaw can fix it <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately no mark but and there the separation i don't know the divorce was nicely done there was there were no attacks on either side really uh, they did put the protection in yeah okay well yeah technically technically at the technical level well, why wouldn't the bitcoin unlimited people put that protection in i mean if that's what the exchanges are saying hey you have to have this replay protection in order for us to carry your your coin that would seem to be a real motivating factor for them to put that in there this is war. They want to dominate or whatever side. Yeah, but they're not going to dominate unless they can get in the exchanges. If their coin's not on the exchanges, then they are up shit creek without a paddle at that point. So why wouldn't they put the replay protection in? They've got plenty of time to do it. They don't. I don't know. They don't want to. I don't know. I can't believe that, that, that they wouldn't do that. Has there been an official statement uh, mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, the, the developers of the Bitcoin Unlimited made. Yeah. Well, if that's true, that then they're sunk. As far as I'm concerned, if they if they're not going to put 
uh, you know, if their coin is only going to exist on obscure exchanges that are willing to, because uh, like major exchanges signed this statement saying, yes, we will carry both of the Bitcoin uh, if the split happens, but only if there's the replay protection. If they don't impl- implement that and they don't get onto Kraken and, you know, Bitfinex and these major exchange houses, so, they're fucked. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's one stubborn block, but even after that, there will be attacks. On both sides, um, for attacks, the Bitcoin name, not yeah, attacks, yeah, Attack, attacks, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, to, to dominate one chain, to disrupt another chain. Yeah, that's sad. That's for the, the name of Bitcoin. Yeah, I hate it. I don't want the fork to happen. Um, I wish the people would come back together. Um, I, I, what I was thinking was that this was going to be pressure on uh, Bitcoin Core team to. Basically, just go into the code and uh, raise the uh, cap from one to two. And it just seems so ridiculous to me. This would all be over if the Bitcoin core team would say, all right, we're going to raise the the block size cap from one megabyte to two megabytes and wham. It would um, be over for now, at least, until two megabytes was well, hit. Then, and they then-, could, then they could get SegWit in. Then they'd get the Lightning Network in. Then they'd yeah. get everything that they claim that's going to fix everything, but we haven't been able to implement it for God knows how long. Right. They could right? fix this with one change is they, what you're They saying. could go in to the code, to the established Bitcoin code, and change the one to a two from the best I could tell. I mean, I'm, I'm no genius here, but they changed, they, they added the cap. Yeah, it doesn't so they seem can, complicated to make they that could change. They can change the cap, and then suddenly, whammo-bammo, everything that Roger's done, all the wins out of his sales, and this problem solved. But it's like, oh, we can't do that. It's going to be bad for China and such and such and so and so. Well, the Lightning Network will solve that once you get it implemented. But like, there's just no opportunity on either side it seems for negotiation i guess i shouldn't say on either side because rogers said openly he's looking for a compromise he would be actually happy with what what i had just said but it's this he seems to think there's some sort of philosophy and i i He's made these claims, and I would love to see the links to the evidence. I don't disbelieve Roger. I would just love to see it for myself uh, that there are these people on the Bitcoin core side who somehow want to have this cap at one megabyte. That They believe that the high fees are somehow a good thing, that they want to turn Bitcoin or keep Bitcoin as this sort of high-level digital gold that you know only people who Trading want to platform. store value uh, would use. And, uh, you know, I, I don't disbelieve what Roger's saying about that, but it would be interesting to see the, those actual statements if they do exist, uh, presuming they, they do exist. It, they sound silly, and I, I think he over-concentrates on silly things like that. And, yes, there was one guy who said that blocks have to be 300 kilobytes, but just one guy, and he is not, you know, he says a lot of things. So Roger shouldn't be hung up on that thing. And that guy is taking it back, I believe. Hmm. Anyway, um, maybe I don't know. If, somebody's got to bring the people back together. I think because the fork, the fork is detrimental. I mean, the market, right? Um, uh, the merchants are going to be confused. The exchanges, the users. You know, somebody wants to buy Bitcoin. Is it Bitcoin one or Bitcoin two? You want to buy? How much do you want to buy? Right. Forty percent of this Bitcoin, forty percent of the other Bitcoin, twenty percent of Ether, right? Uh, how are you going to send it? Every wallet has to be modified. You know, all this time spent development in development, just making sure the forks work together. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, the chains work together could be spent elsewhere. 
improving oh, yeah. Bitcoin. It's a forward. mess. There's no doubt. But I don't see that at this point the trains are running at each other, right? Um, so Bitcoin Unlimited needs 51%. It's at about 40%. Um, it appears as though the fork's going to happen. And um, you know the, the 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 team that I believe is going to lose, quote unquote. If the fork happens, then the core team essentially, um, you know, they the, the result that they don't want occurs. Then they, who have already shown that they have just no interest in negotiations, are much more likely to get. It seems, you know, that team looks like they're a little nastier to me. Like they they just don't want to um, negotiate. So you know, then the the war is on on Bitcoin Unlimited, which they claim is bad code. Which um, you know, we'll see if it gets hit hard enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it doesn't look pretty, but it doesn't look avoidable either. They don't need 51%. Um, I, I really don't want to talk about the fork, like what, who needs what, but I want to prevent the fork um, if possible. I mean, we can discuss the fork. I can tell you they don't need 51%. They can use these attacks and those attacks, but can we prevent the fork somehow? What does it take to bring the people back together? I don't know, but I sure – I mean, I, no, nobody I know wants – to see the fork happen, I mean that to me is a is a public relations nightmare. I mean we'll have to deal with it if that's what happens, and you know, we'll have to figure out a way to move forward. But the last thing I want to do is have to contact all of the merchants in the area. I mean in Keene we have a very high concentration per capita of uh, mom and pop businesses that accept Bitcoin. I mean it's not more than a dozen, but it's still you know people that. I'm the one who brought a lot of these people in or at least assisted with bringing mm-hmm. them into Bitcoin. And then I'm going to have to call them up and try to explain to them, yeah, now there's two Bitcoins. Uh, you know, you can either take a side or not. Uh, we're kind of in limbo to find out whether BitPay is going to take one or the other because BitPay is the, you know, the big merchant provider for Bitcoin around here. You know, what are they going to do? Uh, I mean, it's a really uncertain situation. And uh, I find myself wondering how many of these people are aware that it's happening. I mean, you already have BitPay having sent just like two weeks ago an email to all of their clients saying, uh, we have to change our policy now. So if they read the email, then they are aware that something's up because BitPay sent the, I don't know if y'all got this, but uh, they, they sent an email saying, now we have a minimum of a dollar purchase. So it used to be a four cent minimum in order to have a purchase transacted on the BitPay uh, merchant transaction now network. Now it's a dollar. Now it's a dollar. And that email explained why they had to make those changes because the BitPay- 25 times the amount. Yeah, because BitPay had been absorbing the cost of the fees in their sort of cost of doing business, and it just got to the point where the fees are so out of control that they had to change their business model. So, Michael, um, you know better than any of the four of us uh, you know, here on this line. Um, how long would it take Bitcoin Core to simply go into the Bitcoin software and change it from one megabyte to two megabyte block size? How hard would that be? It's not It's not hard at all. The problem is getting everybody to run that code, which is in itself, it's a hard fork. Oh, that it would so, be a hard fork? So Bitcoin oh yeah, forked already when they implemented the uh, cap? Uh, that was done by Satoshi uh, way back when. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't believe that cap was ever hit before Are then. Are you sure? Because I got the impression that uh, that cap was, the, the one megabyte cap was put on. Yeah, there was no cap initially, and then they added it at some point because of the spam problem, because there were spam Correct. transactions, right? Uh, the blocks were never that high when Satoshi put that in. Uh, there okay. were other caps um, that limited the message size and uh, some caps due to the database implementation. So I believe 
all uh, yeah effectively there was a one megabyte cap he just made it explicit but it was never hit because the bug the blocks were small okay so I, so did it cause a fork then oh no 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 uh, because the there were no blocks um up to that size yeah nothing changed all the previous blocks were valid so it would according require to the new rule it would require a hard fork to imp for the uh, Bitcoin Core team to just simply go in and change the block size. Is that right? Uh, because all the all of the older clients would consider the new blocks invalid. I see. Yeah, Wouldn't it just require a software update? Because I remember when they uh, sent a, an alert out on the Bitcoin network that said. You must do a software update or you will not have access to your Bitcoins. And I don't remember what it was that they did, but you had to do it. I remember that too. Yeah, right, right. So they changed the number. We we have to get everybody to run the code. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point... But that doesn't mean that there's a a hard fork in the way that we were talking about it, right? Where there would be two Bitcoins. It just means that the people running older code have to update. It's about consensus, right? Isn't that a soft fork rather than a hard fork? Well, if if somebody didn't upgrade, uh, they wouldn't have any blockchain left anymore. Yeah, um, that's what that's what. If somebody was running the old, um, is it called the QT? Was that what it was called previously? The sure. old QT software. They mm-hmm. don't have access to their. I mean, I was running that software and I had to upgrade. So they currently, you know, if I was still running that old software, I wouldn't have uh, access to my coins. But as soon as I upgraded my software, suddenly I'd have access to them again. Right, I mean. But- up, software upgrades aren't anything new or crazy, Michael. See, if, uh, if some miners continued uh, mining the old chain, um, the chains would split because so, they wouldn't consider the 2 megabyte blocks valid anymore. Right. If the miners didn't go on board with it, I see what you're saying. I see. Yeah. Um, Wow. You know, it's a mess of a situation. We're going to continue to watch it here. The update right now as we are recording this on Sunday evening uh, according to coin.dance slash blocks, Bitcoin Unlimited ranking at 37.6%, Segwit at 30%, uh, 30.3% of the miners. That's within the last 1,000 blocks. So that's within the last week. That's where the numbers are sitting. But those numbers aren't exactly fair, right, Michael? That uh, Bitcoin Unlimited needs fewer uh, people for adoption to cause a hard fork than Segwit needs for adoption to basically be incorporated. Isn't that right? Uh, right, Segwit, Segwit requires 95% of the miners to signal readiness for some period of time, maybe a week or two, I forget. Um, Bitcoin Unlimited can fork off at any time. It doesn't require any number of miners. But they want to have the majority of the hashing power because that gives them an advantage, as I understand it. Um, they could attack better, and maybe they can present it to the exchange saying that we have so much hashing power, we are the true Bitcoin. Would um, if SegWit was implemented, if the the miners would uh, signal that they were ready for uh, SegWit, if it was implemented, say in the next uh, two weeks, would it solve the block chi- block size issue immediately? Hmm. It potentially uh, the best case. It's got a four megabyte size, uh, two megabytes uh, effective. Would it be immediate? I don't know, but there are, there are over 100 companies, wallet, wallets included, that are ready for SegWit now. So, yeah. You think Once they start using new addresses, yeah, yeah. It, it would, yeah, allow for more transactions. Okay, the larger larger trans, uh, larger block sizes, right? Uh, effectively, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, two, two or so megabytes. 
Yeah, because uh, that's what the the thing that I could never get a straight answer from anybody on is is it? I mean, essentially, anybody can sell me on either one of these sides because I can't read the code. I'm not. I don't know how. I'm not going to learn how. I'm, um, and you know that I just basically have to listen to anybody who has an opinion here and try to sort of weigh it out. And it's very difficult, um, you know, to. It, it it seems like there's on one side some good software and a bunch of crappy negotiators. On the other side, there's a great businessman and uh, who's trying to bring <laughs> in new software that looks like it, it might be dangerous in some way. I don't know. Uh, it is like that. I wish we would come back together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate the sentiment. I want that too. I think uh, we should call this uh, after show here. Michael, thank you for uh, calling and sharing your thoughts tonight. Thank you. Uh, one, one more thing. Yeah, um, sure. People started tweeting with unified Bitcoin, hashtag unified Bitcoin. Okay. Um, trying to bring this back together because we're pretty much on the same side. We love the centrali- centralized, decentralized currency. We love no government control. We love all this stuff. And there are enemies of Bitcoin that want to, may, uh, to see it fail. Yep. Media will have a field day with it. They'll oh, yeah. declare Bitcoin dead again. The altcoin pumpers will love it, and they do love it now too. And it may kill the concept of cryptocurrency entirely. I don't Hold think on. So. Wait, wait, wait. Let's consider this for a second. Bitcoin has huge market penetration. Sure. What would you compare its market penetration to the next biggest one from from market penetration size? Uh, I don't care about price. Yeah, much bigger. Much it's bigger than the next one. A sure. uh, hundred times? Maybe at least, yeah. Yeah. Ma- ma- yeah. Ma- 300 times? It would be hard to come back from it. If, if Bitcoin falters as a result of this more right. so than it currently is, it'll be very do hard you, to Do you want to go and talk to any of these businesses that are downtown about uh, taking the new cryptocurrency no, that I killed don't. off the other? No, I don't. Oh, that's going to be bad, huh? Yep. Um, maybe they would just say, you know what? Fuck a bunch of cryptocurrency, I, yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to take any of this shit. Sure. That's what I'm saying could very well happen. Uh, I, I understand. Overstock.com, Dell, uh, these yep. these major companies uh, that they are taking say, Bitcoin, they might yeah. just say, well, we, it's not like we were getting a whole fucking hell of a lot of Bitcoin transactions from the get-go. Why did we spend all this goddamn time, money, and energy accepting this crypto fucking currency, and now you want us to take the new one? Tell you what, here's a double. Screw you. Yeah, especially if the price goes down, too, because then it's an extra screw you, because if they were holding on to some Bitcoin and enjoying the price going up over time, then they're going to get hit with... uh, Six months ago, Bitcoin was um, significantly lower than it is now. So Yeah, but it may go lower, is what I'm saying. You probably will. You look at your your account, and all of a sudden it's half uh, the value of what it was. That's going to be a burn on them as well. So it's going to be a burn It went up today a bit, though. That's fine. I don't know. I'm just saying, it may go down, and if it does, that's an extra burn on anybody who's... know, considering saying fuck all this noise why am i going to deal with this this yep. is you know too much drama i just want money that works uh michael thanks man uh, appreciate it i gotta go because uh, i actually got uh, dead air over on lrn so i gotta deal with that so uh, anyway all everybody right. have a good night thank you and uh, free talk live after show on free talk live we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day from wrestling superstars like glenn jacobs you guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where i am now is due to listening to free talk live you changed my mind on some very important issues years ago to random people tuning in on the radio i was kind of stuck in the left right paradigm i heard your show by chance on a saturday night from there i went on joined the free state project and become an amplifier so i mean that's really the reason why i amp is uh because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. 
Your amp will directly change more lives by getting Free Talk Live in front of people looking for talk radio online and on the air. You can help by joining the AMP program for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com and getting perks. That's amp.freetalklive.com.